0: Hey everyone, Greg shoots here for ReadyForTheDraft.com and this is the Ready For The Draft podcast. First full week of college football in the books. I'll tell you what, I was busy. Got to watch 25 different games from beginning to end. Yes, I was busy uh, You know, Thursday through Monday trying to get as many games in as possible. Um, and I'll tell you what, there's some definite storylines that are already coming into play. SEC looking like the... Uh, conference to beat. They really flex their muscle uh, over the weekend. Um, Alabama putting a whooping on on Louisville. You know, LSU going in de- into you know Arlington, uh, AT and T Stadium. You know under the under the lights, uh, Jerry's World and the number twenty five ranked Tigers uh, upsetting the number eight Miami Hurricanes. Mississippi uh, taking out Texas Tech, uh, and then you also had obviously Auburn. You know, the game, possibly the game of the, of, of the week. Uh, number nine, um, Auburn taking down uh, the Huskies, uh, Washington Huskies, number six in the country. Uh, SEC definitely putting, putting a hurting on, uh, you know, and putting everybody else on notice. Uh, the Big Ten, man, you know, Michigan, you know, going down to, to Notre Dame, and, and they really survived some upset alerts. You know, Michigan stayed on Friday. Uh, you know really went down to the wire against Utah State and then uh, another narrow victory there by, by Penn State having to go into overtime to finally beat Appalachian State. And we'll talk about those games here in just a little bit. Um, OU and uh, West Virginia, you know they showed why you know they're going to be at the top of the big big uh, big 12. Um, you know Oklahoma State may have something to say about that, but I'll tell you what, you know OU, West Virginia definitely looked tough. You know, TCU, you can't forget the Horn Frogs. Gary Patterson will have uh, have his guys come into play as well. But OU, West Virginia, really look like the class of the, of the Big 12 at this point. Uh, ACC, you know, is Virginia Tech the team that's going to emerge as a threat to Clemson? That's really a big question mark. There are a lot of uh, young talent on that team. You know, and I really misspoke. Um, you know, I should take a moment here. Um, you know, I was talking about Mook Reynolds and uh, – in the last podcast. And, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't, uh, call this out, you know, I, you know, 129 FBS programs, and, uh, it's kind of hard to, to keep track of, of what's going on, um, with every program. So I, I missed out on the fact that, uh, Mook Reynolds actually, uh, no longer with, uh, the Hokies. He was actually, uh, arrested, charged with a felony, um, you know, possession of marijuana with intent to distribute, um, so he wasn't on the on the on the squad when they took on uh, Florida State, but uh, a lot of young talent on that team to go with uh, obviously Ricky Walker up front. Um, but Virginia Tech looked very strong against Florida State, and then in the Pac-12, um, you know they they had some some shakiness there. Um, you know you have Washington obviously their loss to uh, to Auburn, uh, UCLA going down to Cincinnati, and then uh, you know Arizona losing to BYU. Nobody was expecting that. Khalil Tate uh, not having a good start to the 2018 season. Uh, The Beavers just getting hammered by Ohio State and USC for two and a half to three quarters. Really struggled uh, to really get anything going there against UNLV. Although um, you know Chase McGrath, their uh, their their kicker, you know kicked five field goals in that game. Had uh, true freshman uh, JT Daniels in the offense really been able to to score in the red zone, it would have been a much different uh, different outcome overall. USC ultimately dropped to number 17 in the country. But uh, that's kind of what we're looking at here. It's kind of the SEC and then everybody else. Although, you know, like I said, OU, West Virginia did really look tough. Virginia Tech looked really tough. Um So that's really kind of what you're looking at. Ohio State as well, um, although they didn't have much of a test there against uh, Oregon State. So what we're going to go ahead and do, I'm going to go ahead and kind of take a look at the games that I watched um, over the weekend and and kind of point out some of the players to keep an eye out for, again, for the draft that will be coming up in in 2019 um, in in April there in, in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, the first game that really I got to watch, you know, it started on Thursday, and it was Central Florida against Connecticut. Um, you know, the, the the Golden Knights ranked number twenty one in the country, uh, went into uh, you know, East Hartford and took down UConn uh, fifty six to seventeen. And, and Mackenzie Milton is, is really the the name that you have to you know pay attention to, if nothing else, as a dark horse for the Heisman Trophy. You know, five eleven, one hundred eighty five pound, the, the the junior from Hawaii. Um, You know, he was 128th ranked quarterback in 2016, only had scholarship offers from uh, Hawaii and and UCF. Um, But he turned that into, you know, he was a 2017 uh, American Conference uh, Offensive Player of the Year, uh, the 8th in the Heisman Trophy voting, Um, you know, just a dynamic athlete. You know, throws very well on the run, Um, you know, very accurate, you know, when he is moving outside the pocket as well. Um, Uses his eyes uh, to open the middle of the field. Um, You know, very, very good eye discipline, you know, open the middle of the field, ultimately able to hit Trey Nixon, uh, the transfer from, from Ole Miss on, on a post Um, very next play right after that, you know, you showed the touch on a, on a pass, uh, a slant to, to Gabriel Davis. So in terms of, of his play, you know, showed great arm strength and deep ball accuracy. Um, You know, Mackenzie Milton's really a guy to take notice of. Uh, as, as we move forward, um, again five eleven, he's an undersized quarterback. But you know, three for three hundred and forty eight yards and five touchdowns. You know, the undersized quarterback Baker Mayfield uh, making the charge there um, for the undersized quarterback. Mackenzie Milton is someone else. It'll be interesting to see what happens with him in the draft process uh, in twenty twenty. Um, I don't anticipate him coming out after his junior season, especially um, considering the fact that he is under six feet tall. Um, you know, the, the UCF, their defense, you know, they're without uh, Shaquem Griffin, their their leader on, on defense. And uh, they're so who do you turn to? And that guy is Pat Jasinski, 6'1", 236-pound middle linebacker, 105 tackles for loss. I'm sorry, 105 tackles and, and eight tackles for loss a season ago. Um, you know, just a guy who who plays very well downhill. Um, you know, just one of those guys who trusts his eyes and, and shoots gaps, um, showed showed some some lateral quickness as well, being able to get outside and, and drop the running back um, you know outside as well. Um, he can get to the perimeter, um, like I said. Um, but it takes good angles to get to the perimeter as well, so I think that's one of the things. You know, even though he's not the the fastest guy, maybe not be the best athlete, but uh, with the instincts, the eyes, the angles, you know, he's able to keep a lot of plays in front of him. You know, and I thought that he he also did a decent job dropping into coverage, getting good depth, um, you know, and and really, you know, again trusting his eyes, reading the quarterback, and uh, being able to make some plays on the football as well. Uh, Jasinski, you know, in that game. You know, 11 tackles, three pass breakups. You know, so he's definitely somebody to watch there. Um, you know, could be a mid-round pick when it's all said and done. Uh, and then obviously you have have the left tackle Wyatt Miller, uh, 6'4", 306 pounds, uh, thirty started 34 straight games. Um, really good feet. You know, I, I was impressed with with the footwork. You know, really keeps those keeps the legs moving. Um, you know, I I thought that he he showed some pretty decent le- uh, leverage overall. Um, when he got his hands underneath the pad level, um, he'd stifle the, the defensive end's uh, rush. Um, you know, one of the things, though, was he, he seemed to lean quite a bit and bend at the waist, which can definitely get you into trouble. Um, you know, At 6'4", 306 pounds, you know, Wyatt Miller could end up being a, you know, possibly a swing tackle um, at, the, at the next level, but more than likely I could see him playing inside uh, at guard. Um, that's where, you know, I, I think he is going to get drafted or probably be in the later rounds. But, um, you know, a veteran up front and a lot of guys, you know, with that veteran presence. You know, I remember Will Holden coming out of Vanderbilt, um, you know, a similar uh, type of player, um, you know, in fifth, sixth round, probably somewhere where I could see Wyatt Miller going right about now. Um, but UCF looked dominant, um, you know, UConn. Really, you know, the only player that really was was making any any type of an impact was the quarterback uh, David Pendel. Um, you know, threw for two hundred sixty six yards and a touchdown. But uh, it was really what he was. The damage was was being done with his legs. You know, twenty two carries, one hundred fifty seven yards and a touchdown. Um, he was the best athlete on the field for uh, for the Huskies. Um, and that's something that I think UCF is going to have to watch out for. You know, Jasinski and, and that defense are really going to have to tighten things up um, if they are looking to to repeat once again. But uh, Josh Heupel definitely has that offense firing on all cylinders. The next game that I got to watch uh, Wake Forest against Tulane. You know, Wake Forest had to go into overtime to beat the Green Wave 23 17. Um, you know, I think the story there was, you know, the, they had to replace John Wolford, a quarterback, and uh, Sam Hartman, the freshman, was able to step in threw for 378 yards and, and two touchdowns. Also had a couple of picks, you know, made, made uh, some mental errors. Um, but uh, you can definitely see that this kid, you know, he, he's, he's a gutty, gutty quarterback and uh, someone that uh, you can definitely keep an eye on going forward. Uh, but the matchup that I was really interested in was was Taron against Iseng Bassi you know and, and isang Bassi, you know 510 190 pound junior uh, season goes 16 pass breakups you know um, and uh, I think I believe that led the ACC it you know, was really an intelligent player the ball skills are evident and uh, you know Anklad, you know beat him on on numerous occasions. Um, Ankalad just the you know a vertical threat he's six foot 190 pounds so he's not the biggest guy. But uh, again, that explosive speed—you um, know—he he showed a pretty decent, you know, um, route running capability. You know, there was a hitch and go where he just ran by one of the other corners on a seventy-four-yard touchdown pass. Um, you know, it—it's it, one of those things. There was a hitch hitch and go safety couldn't get over the top, and uh, you know, took it to the house. Um, so, Ancelot is somebody that uh, that you're going to have to take notice of um and and really you know i think nfl teams are, are really going to be interested in this guy you know eight receptions uh, 184 yards you know and a couple of touchdowns um jonathan banks the quarterback you know threw for 281 yards um you know showed that he can make some plays with his legs you know 6'2" 230 he's got good size um overall and uh you know he he's one of those you know raw uh talents there at quarterback but somebody who uh well, I think there are some skills to work with, you know. But at the same time, he he is very raw. Um, some timing issues, you know, with his slants. But you know, when he was really able to get outside the pocket, you know, I thought that's where he was able to make a lot of plays. Um, you know, the Demon Deacons, though, man, they they lose their left tackle, uh, Justin Heron. Um, his left leg buckled in the first quarter, um, and, and it has been confirmed that uh, the four-year starter. Uh, tore his ACL. He's out for the year. Um, but he was somebody who was, you know, before he went down, you know, you could just see him. You know, he was locking out his arms there, just controlling it at the the end off the edge. And uh you know, someone who I was really looking forward to as the season progressed in, in the ACC. 6'5", 290 pounds. You know, you, you really you know hope that uh, you know maybe he can get another year of eligibility um, as a result. But um, you know, at the end of the day, Wake Forest able to pull off the uh, you know pull things off there against Tulane. Um, you know, defensively, you know there were some, some question marks. You know, I, I thought that the the secondary um, needed to pick things up a little bit. Um, you know, Willie Arbery five tackles, you know, and, and a sack, you know, two tackles for loss. Zeke Rodney uh, also got a sack there inside. Those are the two defensive tackles there at Wake Forest. Uh, both seniors. And uh, a couple of guys who, you know, with, with Duke Edgio for a, a season ago, um, you know, they they really formed a formidable group um up front. And I think going forward, you know, the, the two of them and then Chris Calhoun, the uh defensive end, you know, he's six four, two hundred and fifty pounds, senior. He was very active. Um, you know, he attacked the outside, um you know, able to set the edge against the run. Um, ultimately, you know, 12 tackles and a tackle, you know, tackle behind the line of scrimmage. Um, so the three of them, you know, I, I think that's really what uh, the strength of that defense is going to be offensively. You've got Greg Dortch, um, who's explosive, 5'9", 170 pound redshirt sophomore uh, receiver. Um, you know, he, he runs some good routes, you know, he, he can be explosive, but uh, you know, very elusive in space. But, you know, at, at the same time, you know, he, uh you know that there's some injury concerns. You know had the, the intestine you know injury, um, ultimately had to sit out the, the rest of the year. Um, you know took a big hit in that game and uh, in the third quarter by uh, by the safety uh, Roderick Teamer. and uh, you know so that's one of the concerns that you have to have is is his long term health. Is he going to be able to take some of those hits like that? But uh, 12 receptions, 149 yards. Um, someone to keep an eye on moving forward. Um, you know, I talk about keeping an eye on them. You know, that's that's really at the end of the day when you're looking at some of these guys. You know, Dorch is a redshirt sophomore. Is there a chance he could come out? You know, it's always possible. You never know who's going to be that under, underclassman who's going to take that next step and uh, ultimately enter the draft. So, someone again, keep an eye on him. You know, let's see what uh, what happens with Wake. You know, if they're going to do anything, make any noise in the ACC. You know, offensively, Dorch is going to have to have a big season. So then I transitioned to the Big Ten. Uh, Northwestern uh, went into West Lafayette, Indiana, took on Purdue and Ross Aid Stadium, uh, ended up winning the game 31 27. I thought that this was really, you know, Clayton Thorson uh, looks so dominant, you know, at the beginning of the year. He's only nine months removed from tearing his ACL in the bowl game uh, against Kentucky a, a season ago. But 27 wins, he's the all time leader uh, for the Wildcats. Forty straight starts was able to get the start again and just had you know good command of the offense, um, you know the play action and able to, to hit the slant for a first down uh, early on in the game. I thought he did a really good job uh, reading the linebackers, you know, in the in the RPOs. Uh, you know, just did a really good job as well. You know, would read a linebacker coming down, would throw back behind him on a slant. Um, you know, and in front of the safety before they can get there. Um, just really a hot start to the game. You know, six six to seven for, uh, you know, for for fifty-one yards in the first quarter, and then uh, ultimately eleven eleven to fourteen for one hundred and thirty yards. You know, he was one of those guys where you wanted to see consistent play from him, and I, I thought overall he looked looked pretty sharp. I think the one thing that really threw things off, he got off to such a hot start. And then I know that the, that the Wildcat coaching staff had him on a pitch count, uh, essentially, um, because, uh, you know, they were playing TJ green, the son of, of, you know, the LA Ram and I'm sorry, St. Louis Ram and, and uh, Kansas city chief quarterback, Trent green, you know, and I thought that, you know, the offense kind of stalled out a little bit. Purdue was able to, to, uh, to come back in the game and uh, when Clayton Thorson came back into the game, he just you know, was a little off. And uh, you know, I think that, that, that pitch count, if you will, really kind of uh, really kind of changed the whole complexion of the game and Purdue was back in it um, because I thought Notre, uh, Northwestern had a chance to, to really run away with things. Um, you know, I think the, the, the talk of that game was, was the freshman, the true freshman, Rondell, Rondell Moore. You know, he's only 5'9", 175 pounds, but you want to talk about an electric player um, you know this kid. You know little guy, but he squats 600 pounds. Um, you know you just saw the you know the ability to just plant and, and juke uh, players out. Um, you know just such a you know j- explosive speed. Um, you know just able to get to the perimeter in a hurry on on uh, you know a lot of the end of rounds and, and jet sweeps. Um, had a 76 yard touchdown. Um, you know really just put his foot in the ground, got north and south and, and just ran by defenders. Um, you know ultimately 11 receptions you know for over 100 yards and a touchdown and uh, you know two carries for 79 yards and a touchdown as well. Uh, one of the more exciting freshmen to to watch um, so far. Um, let's see. you know one of the guys that I was really actually impressed with, uh, was Blake Hans, the the left tackle. Um, you know he's six, five, three hundred and ten pounds. People really haven't been talking about him a whole lot, but I thought he played with, with pretty good leverage. Um, you know hand placement underneath the, the pad level, uh, really did a good job sustaining blocks in the running game. Um, you know good base, you know locks out his arms to control his man. Um, you know Blake Hans is somebody you know I really want to keep an eye on as we progress further into uh, you know big Ten play to really see what he can do against uh, some top competition. Um, but I thought, you know, Blake Hans is one of those guys who's kind of, uh, you know, a, a sleeper at the at the tackle position. Obviously, you've got the redshirt sophomore, Patty Fisher, uh, 6'4", 245 pounds, just a big, uh, big guy, you know, freshman, All-American, um, you know, plays well downhill. But I thought, you know, what was really impressive for me was I thought he had pretty smooth hips. You know, he, he not only flowed uh, well to the ball, getting, you know, uh, all the way out to the perimeter, but I thought he also did a really good job um, dropping into coverage. You know, there really wasn't a whole lot of wasted movement from him either um, and just really a reliable tackler in the open field. You know, Patty Fisher, um, whenever he decides to come out and enter the draft, I think he's somebody as an inside linebacker, um, you know, teams are really going to be interested in Um, Northwestern, you know, defensively, they they also have, you know, uh, Montre Hartage at at, at corner, um, you know, six foot, 190 pounds. And, uh, you know, Really played played you know tight coverage, um, on, on the outside you know in phase you know running in phase quite a bit with the receivers up the sideline, um, you know I thought that he closed well on on the balls thrown in front of him you know no yards after the catch, um, you know he he, one one of the things that I, I wasn't all that impressed with was his uh, inability to to make you know to make the tackles in in the open field you know came down kind of chopped his feet um, you know just kind of lunged and, and whiffed. Uh, at, at the receiver. You didn't really see him break down properly and uh and, and wrap things up. You know, but uh you know did a good job reading reading the quarterback's eyes, jumping routes, um ultimately um had an interception of uh you know Elijah Stindelar. Um you know Montre Hardage is, is someone who I think will probably be a, a day three pick, probably an early day three pick. Um but but somebody who, you know, again he's a six foot corner um, someone who can you know probably be a third or fourth corner for for an NFL franchise. Uh, Nate Hall is another you know an athletic linebacker. You know 6'2", 231 pounds. I thought they had you know excellent speed to get to the perimeter, drop well in coverage. Um, there was an underneath wide receiver route. Um, you know the quarterback really didn't see him kind of sitting there. Um, you know got his right hand in to drive you know drive in on the ball. Um, you know picked off a pass. Um, you know, so so Nate Hall, you know, someone who could be a a, a late day three pick right now, um, but definitely has the athleticism to play at the at the next level. Um, Purdue, you know, one of their um, draft prospects right now is Kirk Barron, the center, six two, three hundred pounds. Didn't do anything, you know, to really hurt his draft stock. Um, you know, I thought he sh- he was really light on his feet, um, climb well to the second level. Um, you know. Locates the middle linebacker, gets a block on him. The one thing was, was I didn't really think he sustained his blocks there at the second level. Um, I thought he was stout at the point of attack, played with decent leverage overall. Um, you know, was able to seal off the the defensive tackle uh, to spring DJ Knox, uh, the running back for a couple of big gains. At the end of the day, though, you know Northwestern just a little bit too much for um, the Boilermakers. Um, you know, thirty-one twenty-seven was the final. Um, you know, Oklahoma State watch them open up their season their uh Boom Pick Stadium in Stillwater against Missouri State. Obviously this really wasn't much of a of a contest, but you really got to showcase, you know, and really see Justice Hill um, you know, ten carries, hundred and twenty two yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, but but Justice Justice Hill really um the, the running game for the Cowboys, you know, the Pokes use four different running backs, uh, JD King, um, LD Brown, uh, Chuba Hubbard, all carrying the ball there for for Oklahoma State. But uh, Justice Hill, you know, showed off the speed to get to the perimeter, um, you know, the 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 lateral quickness with his with his cuts. You know, he just puts his foot in the ground and uh, and, and is able to reverse his field and and. You know, a, a lot of times in the open field, was making cuts without losing any speed, and I think that's what makes Justice Hill special. Um, has excellent hands as well. Showed some really soft hands in the passing game as well. Um, you know, he's a patient runner. You know, I think he does a good job following his blockers. Um, you know, so he, he's someone who's who's. You know, the, a quick acceleration, getting out to the next level. Um, I, I really want to see what he's going to do against the the West Virginias, the the Oklahomas. You know, those are the types of games that I want to see. TCU's another one with a with a really solid defense. You know, want to see what he can do against those defenses. But again, Justice Hill, you know, he he rushed for over 1,400 yards a season ago. Uh, he is one of the top backs, and he's one of those running backs that really people aren't talking about right now. But uh, I'm hoping that. Uh, you know, as the season progresses, you know he people really start taking notice of of him. He's probably going to be a second, you know, second round pick, um, possibly fall to the third, just because you know he is only five ten and one hundred ninety pounds. But uh, you know, durability should not be a concern. Um, you know, I I think he has a future at the next level. Uh, the the pokes also. Um featured a couple of uh, you know defensive linemen, Trey Carter, uh, defensive tackle, six three, two hundred and ninety-five pounds. I thought he showed really good push up the speed or push up the field, um ran down the quarterback as well for a sack, uh chased the quarterback on an option, you know, ultimately got there, um, you know, and, and made the play. You know, I, I you know uh, the other one is uh, Jordan Brailford, you know, the the junior defensive end. Two hundred fifty pounder, um, you know, I, I thought that he was just—he kept being the right tackle with his inside rush. Um, the right tackle would overset quite a bit, and he just continually shoot inside straight to the quarterback. So many different occasions. Um, I thought he also showed a good burst off the edge as well, um, and, and he used his hands very well too. You know, he extended the, his right arm. Right into the into the chest of the of the right tackle, which really helped him get to the edge. So I thought that that hand usage um, really was helping Jordan Brailford as well. Um, Brailford probably going to be someone who's going to come back to Stillwater um, for another season, but he's somebody who I think um, you know Manuel Agba you know is 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 uh, there in Cleveland. There's a chance that Jordan Brailford could end up being the next uh, Oklahoma State um defensive end to make it to the next level got a chance to watch Syracuse take on Western Michigan there in Kalamazoo at Waldo Stadium Syracuse you know Dino Babers you know ultimately with a 55-42 um, win at the end of the day you know Eric Dungy you know he's he's one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch when he's healthy you know it's one of the things you know each and every season it just seems like this guy um, you know, just coming down with with injury after injury. I mean, in 2015, a head injury versus Louisville, uh, missed three games. 2016, another head injury versus Clemson, missed the last three games there. 2017, a, a foot injury against Florida State, missed the last three games. You know, he really hasn't played any games. You know, they, they they noticed on or noted on the on the telecast that uh, he hasn't played any games past November 7th. Um, you know, but uh, 40 career passing touchdowns for him, you know, and, and you know a tremendous athlete on on the ground as well. Um, you know, Dungy, you know, I think the the injuries will probably be too much for him to to be drafted. Um, you know, I you know only completed seven passes, seven of nineteen for 184 yards, couple of touchdowns, but uh, he really was beating teams with his legs. 15 carries, 200 yards, and, and a touchdown. Um, you know 64 232 pounds um, again runs very well is he gonna be one of those guys where okay he may not make it as a quarterback but could he potentially make a transition to, to say, tight end uh, especially with the way that he runs um, just so well um, you know we've seen you know other guys like like you know Blake Bell. Uh, the belldozer transition to to tight end at the next level. Um, that's a possibility for, for Dungey, but ultimately he'd have to hope to get on to a practice squad in order to be able to do that. Um, you know, and with Tommy DeVito sitting there behind him, you know, if if there's any way that, that Dungey stumbles, maybe to get him on both he and DeVito on the field at the same time, that could be an option. You know, I, I don't see Dino Babers doing that, especially with the senior quarterback, but you know, if you're looking at the next level that might be an option for him. Syracuse, you know, they had Steve, Steve Ishmael at receiver a season ago. And, uh, you know, Jamal Custis, um, is somebody that, you know, if you didn't know who he was, uh, before the game, you know, you know about him now, six receptions, 168 yards and a couple of touchdowns. It was six five, two hundred and thirteen 213 pounds. Um, you know, he, uh, 27yard you know, touchdown you know vertical um, vertical route from the slot you know got outside uh, outside release just ran by the safety and then uh, you know was able to, to spin around hauling the pass um, you know they say that he has four four speed um, you know he, he was able to get get vertical and, and just run him by um, DB's left and right in the game you know again lining up in the slot uh, ran the go route ran right through the jam by the, by the safety Um, able to get up the field uh, for another 35 yard gain. Um, I thought he had excellent body control on the back shoulder passes, Um, you know, 31 yard pass um, down to the four yard line Um, catches with his hands away from his body. You know, it really doesn't allow defensive backs to get um, to get in and make a play on the football. Um, Then he shows that he's able to separate from the running back or from the defensive backs after the catch. Um, you know, so, so Custis is someone who I don't think was on anybody's radar. Um, but you know, but that size and the speed, um, I think he's really taking, you know, having people take notice. Um, you know, Chris Slayton, I was looking forward to seeing what he could do against Western, uh, Western Michigan. Uh, but the 64 309 pound defensive tackle, you know, saw a lot of, a lot of double teams, um, didn't really get to make the impact that you were looking for. Um, uh, but I thought that he, he showed some good power, uh, driving the, the left guard, um, back off the ball, you know. I thought he also showed a decent burst up the field, um, and then you know, basically using that you know that speed to power uh, to drive the, the guard down the field, a good three four yards. Um, so you know, he's somebody who uh, is probably a borderline day two day three pick, um, and, and I think as the season progresses, that's really going to tell you where he's going to go. Um, right now i'd probably say i'd probably put him at a fourth or fifth round um, but uh you know that defensive tackle is so deep um you know he's somebody who could potentially even slide into the into the sixth round um, but somebody who i think has a chance to make it at the next level um west western Michigan um you know their, their best player on the field was uh was dwayne Eskridge. eight receptions for 240 yards and two touchdowns you know on the um, TV broadcast. They kept talking about his ten five hundred meter speed. Ran a twenty one five in the two hundred meters. So definitely someone who has uh, the breakaway speed potential. Um, you know, it showed you know quick acceleration to um, to get past uh, defenders. You know, and, and that's really what his his, his game is. You know, eighty four yard touchdown on a post. Just ran by the defensive back. Um, really had two steps. On, uh, on the DB the entire time really just ran through the zone coverage um, so he's a legit vertical threat he's only a junior so he'll be coming back to Kalamazoo um, you know playing in the you know the brown and gold there but uh, I'll tell you what you know that that's speed you can't teach speed and uh, that's something that you know I think teams will definitely be at least keeping an eye on going forward. So let's see. Got to talk a lot about those games. So that was actually a Friday night game. So the last Thursday night game that I actually got to watch was the Oklahoma State and uh, and uh, Missouri State game. Um, you know, if we talk about the rest of the Thursday night games, um, you know, PJ Fleck uh, really rowing the boat there for for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Um, you know, 48-10 to 10 over the New Mexico State Aggies. Um, you know, the 5'10", 210-pound running back Rodney Smith uh, ran for 153 yards in that game. Antoine Winfield Jr., the son of the Viking uh, defensive back, had a fumble return for a touchdown in the game as well. Um, Utah, you know, 41-10 to 10 over Weber State. Uh, talked about that in the last podcast, you know, to kind of keep an eye out for Zach Moss. He delivered. Uh, 16 carries, 152 yards, um, you know, and, and a couple of touchdowns as well. Um, you know, he's only a junior, but definitely someone to keep an eye on that uh, may enter the draft when it's all said and done. Uh, Texas A&M, 59 to seven winners over Northwestern State. Uh, this was the Travion Williams show. Um, you know, five 210 pound senior. Uh, you know, rushed for 240 yards uh, on, on 20 carries, had three total touchdowns. Um, you know, Tra- Travion Williams is someone that. You know, teams are going to have to start taking notice of that. Really, wasn't somebody that uh, that you know a lot of people were talking about. Um, you know, when we opened up the season, and uh, you know, Joe, um, you know, Coach Moorhead really had things. Um, I'm sorry, you know, uh, it was actually Jimbo Fisher. I'm thinking of Mississippi State. Um, you know, Jimbo Fisher really featuring the the running game, and uh, obviously against Northwestern State, they didn't really have a a whole lot of competition. Uh, that they're going up against, but uh, they'll they'll have the test this next week playing against Clemson. You know, will that defensive line, you know, of, of Cleveland Farrell, Christian Wilkins, um, you know, Dexter Lawrence, and uh, Austin Bryant, will they be able to stop the Travion Williams show, or is he going to continue? Um, you know, this this performance on the ground that's really going to be uh, an interesting uh, interesting matchup. Um, but uh, the upset of the Thursday night was UC Davis, the Aggies taking on San Jose state beat them 44 to 38. The reason why I'm bringing this game up is there is a legit pro prospect playing in Davis. Uh, and that's Keelan Doss, you know, six, 209 pounds had 11 catches for 85 yards in the game. Um, but a season ago, he was a Walter Payton uh, award finalist consensus, all American and the big sky offensive player of the year. Uh, there was no wide receiver. I thought this was interesting. I was I was checking out his bio on the UC Davis website, and they said no no wide receiver from an FBS or FCS school had more receiving yards, which was fourteen hundred ninety nine, or uh, you know one hundred thirty six point three yards per game. You know he had one hundred fifteen receptions, seven touchdowns on the year. Uh, Keelan Doss uh, is a legit pro prospect. And, uh, you know, someone that I'll tell you what, you know, my, my brother went to UC Davis and, uh, you know, I'm going to try to do what I can to see if I can find as many UC Davis games to watch. Um, because, you know, if nothing else, you know, I want to see what, uh, what Keelan Doss can do. Um, let's see. Friday, we already talked about one of the games that uh, that happened on Friday. That was a Syracuse game. Um, but uh, Wisconsin, another you know Big Ten team. Uh, Wisconsin got to take on Western Kentucky. 34-3 was the final. Jonathan Taylor, uh, the super sophomore, 18 carries, 145 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, did lose a fumble, so you have to worry about the ball security a little bit going forward. But uh, one of the things that I think really sets him apart is is the sprinter speed. That's really what you saw. You know, Was patient on an off-tackle play. Um, you know, followed the pull by the right guard um, and a couple of tight ends. Got to the edge, you know, planted his foot, cut back to the inside, and then just had the speed to go the distance. Um, you know, just really did it. You know, he's so patient, just waiting for those blocks to develop. And then you know, once he got in, you know, got got into the open field, he was running away from guys. Um, I thought he was physical as well. He ran through contacts or ran through contact, and you know that for that. Fumble loss was, was key because he lost six fumbles in 2017. As we look forward to the 2020 draft, um, because he's only a sophomore, that's going to be a huge concern. Is he going to be able to, to hold on to that football? Um, so he's not draft eligible, but who is uh, You know, on, on the Wisconsin Badgers? Well, you know, ben, uh, Bo Benshaw, to me, the number one guard uh, in the draft right now, 6'6", 315 pounds. Um, you know, he, he's... He, you know, Pulling effortlessly, um, you know, pulled to the left, took out a linebacker, opened up a huge hole on a forty-seven-yard touchdown for for Taylor. Um, I thought he had quick hips to, to get around and seal off the um, the, the, the tackle. Um, you know, on a run play to the to the left. in um, pass protection, you know, he was kind of leaning outside a little bit, so the defensive tackle was able to um, you know swat his hands away and get inside. Um, so the pass protection and, and some of that quickness, you know, it looked like he was trying to overset a little bit and, and compensate for that. Uh, so he's going to have to watch uh, watch himself a little bit in the pass protection. But in the run run game, he's just looking to maul you. He's looking to beat guys up. Um, you know, and uh, you know the leg drive. I thought you know he was generating some movement there in the running game as well. To me, Bone Benjol didn't do anything uh, to hurt his his stock there as a uh, one of the top. Um, in my case, you know, I, I think he's the top offensive guard um, that is draft eligible. You know, Tyler Beattis, um, the center, 6'3", 319-pound uh, redshirt sophomore, um, you know, did a really good job um, sealing off uh, the defensive tackle to the outside on, uh, on Taylor's 47-yard run. Um, I thought he was really quick to the second level, did a good job, you know, extending his arms into the linebacker, sealing him off, um, you know, really did a good job getting his hands inside and uh, kept his feet active um, you know the, the the hand placement on against a nose tackle after the snap really quick to get the hands up, got it under the pad level and uh, kept his feet moving with the leverage able to drive his man, grab the nose tackle back off the football. Um, Beatus is going to be ke- competing with uh, you know Mississippi State Center um, Elson Taylor or I'm sorry Elton Jenkins um, as potentially the first center taken off the board um, come come April uh, the offensive offensive tackle uh, David Edwards 67 uh, 315 pound junior here's the deal with with David Edwards I think a lot of people have him slated as, as one of the top three or four offensive tackles in the country um, you know I think you know I don't think anybody really has him rated you know any um, any lower than number six? I think I have him at five or six myself. Um, but but here's here's the deal with with David Edwards. Um, you know he's he's a converted tight end, and, and so you see that athleticism. You know I think he had showed really good hips to, to get around and, and seal off a defensive end to the outside. Um, you know I thought he was physical at the point of attack. Um, you know and his biggest issue was you know a lot of times he'd get too high. And he lose leverage, and uh, you know he get pushed back into the pocket by the defensive end, um, you know. And you know when he got his hands inside, you know I thought he did a really good job um, sustaining a lot of his blocks and pass protection. But you didn't really see much of a kick slide. He keep his feet, um, you know, really moving, you know, almost in in place. Um, or or just more laterally, and then he'd have to open up and, and turn and run too often. So he was struggling with a lot of the speed rushers that uh, that you saw from from Western Kentucky, um, you know. And so that's really got to be a concern for Wisconsin. Um, you know, is you know when your your right tackle is he going to be able to hold up uh, against some of those speed rushers coming off the edge? Um, you know, I thought Michael Dieter, um, the 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 guard, six six, three hundred and ten pounds. He played left tackle for, for Wisconsin in the past. He to me he looks like a second second day pick. Um, you know, I I thought he did a really good job sitting down, extending his arms and pass protection. He doesn't have to deal with the edge rushers or anything like that. Um, so I, I think, you know, the guard position is more of a, you know, more his, his speed and his style, um, David Edwards, you know, the lack of, 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 uh, you know, that that kick slide that to me is, is really concerning. A lot of it was really more horizontal. And, uh, you know, if you have to turn and, and, and open up your hips way too early then you are susceptible to those speed rushes, so I think he's limited to uh, to being a right tackle. Uh, but I thought he was really physical in, in the running game, so um, that, that's why you know I think right tackle makes a lot of sense for him. Um, but I, I just don't see enough there to really warrant um, him coming out and entering the draft. Um, you know, if if Biadas, um, you know, with ben Shaw and, and Dieter, if they're all coming out, then I could see you know David Edwards also entering the draft. I just you know it, it's one of those things for me to where Those a lot of those converted tight ends they struggle, um, you know, with with some of the technique at the position, and so it might take a little bit of time for him to develop. Um, TJ Edwards, the middle linebacker, you know, 6'1, 242 pounds. This guy is just, you know, he's a football player, he's one of my favorite guys to watch. You know, really doing a good job downhill, uh, filling holes against the run. He's another guy who really trusts his eyes, you know, he he avoids blocks um, on the perimeter. Um, You know, and really just reads and reacts, trusts his eyes, comes downhill, um, you know, really wraps up well, just plants, plants the ball carrier, uh, seven tackles with a tackle for loss, you know, but he's somebody who can also drop into coverage. You know, that's something that, uh, you know, I'm I'm really looking forward to as this progresses to see what uh, really what what he can do, because that was one of the things that um, a season ago, if I can get this pulled up here. Let's see. Yeah, a season ago, four interceptions, seven pass breaks, uh, seven interceptions total in his career. Um, you know, so T.J. Edwards is not just a one-trick pony. He's not a two-down linebacker. He's a, a three-down guy. You know, he should be a a, a day two pick. Um, of course, I thought that you know Josie Jewell should you know had the talent to be a, a day two pick. I think T.J. Edwards is a little, little bit of a better athlete than him. So to me, it would make sense. To uh, go ahead and take him um, on day two. Michigan State, they survived against the Utah State Aggies, 38-31, thirty-one, game-winning touchdown with just two minutes to play. Um, you know, Michigan State. You know, it was one of those things to where you know, they they were were having a tough time there with with Utah State. You know, and and that that offense. Um, Dax Raymond, the tight end for for the Aggies, is somebody who uh, you know could be one of the top tight ends in next year's draft. 6'5", 250 pounds, catches with his hands, runs very well after the catch. Um, wasn't really a whole you know didn't see a whole lot of him as a blocker, um, but I thought he did a great job uh, catching the football. You know he had seven receptions for seventy six yards and uh, was just a playmaker all over the field. He's somebody to keep an eye on. Um, going forward for um, for Utah State, um, another guy to to really you know make a mental note of is, is Tepa Galai. Um, you know he's six five, two hundred thirty pounds, TCU transfer, bends very well off the edge. I thought you know he did a really good job um, you know getting underneath the the tackles pad level. I had two sacks of, of Brian Lewerke, um coming off the edge. You know, Brian Lawrky. You know, I'll tell you if you haven't gotten a chance to watch him, he's 6'3", 220 pounds. The junior um, you know had over 3,000 uh, total yards uh, in, in 2017. Um, you know, he, he's someone very very mobile. You know someone who can make plays with his feet gets outside um, you know blitz coming off the edge. He's able to spin uh, spin away to avoid and able to to get the ball down the field. Um, doesn't always feel the pressure from the blind side. I thought that he hold, held on to the ball way too long. Uh, took a couple of sacks. You know, one of which was to uh, was from Galai. But I thought you know he does a good job standing tall in the pocket with pressure in his face. Um, you know, waiting for the receiver to come open. Um, you know, the poise to go through his progressions. You know, um, you know after taking a high snap, so you see that you know just that, that calmness. You know, I, I think you know that pocket presence. You know, being able to avoid uh, the rush and then able to get the ball to to Felton Davis on a touchdown. Um, and really, what what impressed me was the the three minute drive that, that he had. You know, seventy five yards in three minutes for the game winning touchdown. Um, you know, Brian Lewerke, someone who um, you know has an outside chance at, at at coming and entering the the draft. But when you're talking about the Justin Herberts and the Ryan Finleys. And the, the Drew Locks, you know, Brian Lewerke, to me, you know, stay in school for another year, come back and, and be one of the top prospects for the, the 2020 draft. Um, L.J. Scott, you know, 6'1", 225 pounds, really known as, as a guy who is is more of a power back or one cut and go type of a guy. Um, you know, I, I thought that, you know, he had really good leg drive. He kept working for extra yards. Um, wasn't much of a blocker it was beaten by by, by tipo Gallier off off the off the edge um, you know it was also stood stood up at the goal line and, and was driven back um, you know he, he was very patient waiting for his blockers on a screen pass uh, at the you know end of the day let's see he, he wound up rushing you know 23 carries for um, for 84 yards and then three receptions for 57 yards, uh, to me LJ Scott's gonna end up being a, a day three pick um, in the draft at this point. Um, Felton Davis, 6'4", 200 pound receiver, you know was was lining up out of the slot, you know 28 yards up the sideline, caught the ball with his hands out in front, um, you know before he went down to the ground um you know he was lined up in the slot went to the end zone saw the quarterback rolling out so he retreated toward the corner of the end zone uh, LaWerke showed excellent touch um you know he, he really fought through the um fought off the the cornerback able to haul in the pass you know 10 yard touchdown um you know also took a big hit at the at the end of the third quarter um you know it was a targeting penalty um but uh you know Felton Davis Ultimately, let's see, finish the day three receptions, sixty-nine yards, and a touchdown. You know, he's one of those bigger receivers who's not getting a whole lot of love right now, um, but someone who I think can, uh, you know, if he can maintain his level of play, he's someone who could end up getting drafted later in the draft. Um, you know, but I thought the defense really been led by by Kenny Willicus and and Joe Bachi. You know, uh, Willicus. You know. Um, Able to show the speed off the edge. Um, you know, I thought, you know, he, he'd start. There was uh, an ability to really start outside, stutter, then, you know, a swim back to the inside to beat the the left tackle. Um, also showed that he could start inside, then spit back to the outside to, to get the quarterback uh, rolling out of the pocket. And then Joe Bocci, the, the middle linebacker, um, you know, fourth and one, shot the A gap, you know, ran, ran, um, right by the center and drop the running back for a loss. You know, it does a really good job avoiding blocks, uh, show good speed to the sideline. But really what, what his play was uh, when the Aggies were driving for the, the the game tying score, um, you know, they're at the the Michigan state 45 yard line with a minute 20 to play. You know, he blitzes up the middle, leaps into the running backs block um, to bat the ball in the air. And then he's able to come off that block make the interception to seal the win for the Spartans. Um, you know, Joe Bocci, 6'2", 238 pounds, only in junior. You know He'll be back more than likely next season. Uh, 11 tackles, 1.5 tackles for loss, and that game-clinching interception. Uh, just one of those guys who's just a, a good football player and a guy that you want to have on your football team. Which then takes us to Stanford and San Diego State. You know, if you look at this game, you know Stanford, you're expecting Stanford to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball with Bryce Love, right? Well, 18 carries, just uh, just 29 yards, uh, really didn't get things going, really showcased J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Six receptions, 226 yards, three touchdowns, plus a two-point conversion. Um, just a big, big weapon. Um, you know, Just uh, such a big target, 6'3", 225 pounds, um, you know, I, I thought he did a great job, uh, extending for the football has excellent body control on, on back shoulder fades up the sideline, uh, able to get around and, and high point the football, bring the ball in. Um, you know, I thought he does, does a good job, you know, running, running his routes, um, you know, stand at the top of the route, um, you know, kind of fake to the outside, came back inside, got separation from the, the DB for an easy touchdown in 19 yards. Um, you know, uh, our, our white side for me, um, if we're talking about receivers, and obviously, you know, when you're talking about the receiving core, you know, uh, for this uh, for this draft, um, you know, this this draft class has A.J. A.J. Brown from Mississippi, and, and it has Nikhil Harry, who we'll be talking about here in a minute, Anthony uh, Anthony Johnson of Buffalo, uh, but J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is somebody who uh, is making his presence felt. Uh, Bo, uh, Bobby Okereke. Um, you know the 6'3", 234 pounds senior linebacker you know showed a, a decent job you know flowing flowing to the football getting back off the block um you know and, and uh, you know but but being able to do that consistently i thought that was that was one of the things for me i thought he got overpowered in the hole um, quite a bit um you know did, did a good job um you know spying the quarterback uh, when the quarterback rolled out, you know, made a good break on the on the quarterback. Got a safety, dropped him in the end zone. Um, you know another play action when the quarterback was rolling out. Um, you know the fullback was was running in front of the quarterback, seven yards shy of the line. Okariki, you know, was quick to break down and, and drop him. Um, you know to me I look at Okariki and I look at Peter Columbayi. you know I know Columbayi was outside and Okereke was inside um not the not the most flashy player uh, but somebody who just gets the job done um Nate Herbig the the guard for Stanford 6'4" 334 pounds. um you know this was a guy who you know I, I knew he was going to be the anchor of the line but I just didn't realize that he was as good um, a, as he is, you know, you, you saw him him anchoring well, uh, but you know the physicality and, and the mean streak, you know that that he has. You know he really was was physical, was looking to bury guys. Um, you know, strong leg drive. You know, was always looking to finish. Um, Climbing to the second level. You know, keeps blocking the safety um, all the way to the whistle. Again, talking about that mean streak. Thought he had a decent knee bend. Played with leverage in the passing game. Uh, Nate herbig if he wants to enter the draft he'll be one of the top guards taken in in uh, in the draft so someone to keep an eye out for like I said Bryce love uh, you know the two, 510 202 pound you know Heisman trophy favorite um, really just kind of sputtered out of the gate you know he, he showed off showed off a bit of a burst um, at, at times you know ran behind his pads um, actually caught a couple of passes um, you know found a crease was patient um, able to put his foot in the ground and get upfield in the hurry. Um, he's playing USC and um, you know this this week, USC gave up over 300 yards to the, the UNLV run in rebels. so I think Bryce Love's going to get back on track against the Trojans um, for San Diego State, you know Jawan Washington, um, you know the 57, five, um, five, you know 190 pound junior um was someone who was was bouncing off of contact spinning out of contact showed good burst you know he rushed for 158 yards and a touchdown against that cardinal defense um so you know stanford's really gonna have to shore up their um their their run defense you know when they go up against the trojans um you know and really stanford has two tight ends not just caden smith but but colby parkinson is also someone to take notice of you know caleb uh caden smith 6'5 252 pounds um, you know, ball was thrown behind him, but he was able to turn and catch the football. Um, you know, and, and make a play on that. Did a good job picking up a linebacker blitz off the edge. Um, you know, did a decent job as well blocking in the running games um, you know, but but Colby Parkinson was was really the guy that kind of stepped out. You know, and, and really, you know, he's six seven. You know, two hundred forty pounds. And uh, you know, he, he, I, I say he's more more known as as a receiver. Um, excellent hands. Um, you know, had four touchdowns a season ago. I think he's someone that uh, is going to be a favorite target of uh, KJ Costello. Both he and, um, you know, Caden Smith, along with, with JJ Arcega Whiteside, USC is going to have, uh, have their hands full for sure in uh, Stanford Stadium this Saturday. Um, got to watch Colorado and Colorado State. They're playing in Denver, uh, Broncos Stadium. And, uh,. You know Colorado just right out of the gate. You know Colorado State really you know didn't have enough to really hang with them. Uh, Steven Montez very efficient, 22 of 25, 338 yards, five touchdowns. Um, you know threw the ball very well, was very accurate. You know was mobile, um, getting outside the pocket, throwing on the run, kept his eyes down the football field. Um, you know deep ball accuracy was was really good. Um, you know and then you know he got a lot of really good play from uh, Laviska Chenault. Um, you know, 6'2", 220-pound sophomore, um, you know, showed excellent speed, and uh, he, he's someone that you're going to really have to, t- you know, the Pac-12 is really going to have to take notice of, you know, he um, made a catch in front of three defenders, um, shrugged off the the DB that was trying trying to tackle high, um, ultimately showed some speed, ran for 42 yards on one, Um you know, defense sent everyone on another play, and uh, you know was open for a first down. You know, on a three. Um, let's see, um, you know, ultimately made made a catch. You know, broke a, broke the free safety tackle, um, and then ultimately took off for an eighty nine yard touchdown because there was nobody nobody behind uh, behind the safety. Um, so an explosive player uh, for sure there on the outside. Um, Nate Landman their their linebacker uh, 6'3", 235 pounds sophomore um, just a guy who who moves very well you know excellent hips to turn and run in coverage I thought he read the quarterback's quarterback's eyes very well in coverage um, you know moved into the passing lane got a good uh, tip on a football uh, just excellent anticipation you also saw that in the running game um, you know zone read quarterback pulls it comes around the edge and just basically lights the guy up um, gets a tackle for loss. Um, you know, Nate Lamb finishing the game with, uh, you know, 16 tackles, you know, two tackles for loss. And then the interception as well, uh, and a pass breakup, you know, Nate Lamb someone who's, who's, uh, going to be the next, uh, great linebacker there at Colorado. Um, you know, for Colorado state, you know, old Johnson, you know, six foot 203 pounder. We talked about him, uh, Last week, you know, six receptions, 82 yards, and a touchdown. He's just a model of consistency to me. Um, just a guy who continues to make plays. You know, Preston Williams, you know, 6'4, 210 pounds, the junior, showing a, you know, a good job to attack the ball in the air, very physical with the cornerback on the outside as well. Um, you know, those were the two guys that I thought really stood out. Uh, Josh Watson, you know, he's a thumper downhill. Um, But struggles, you know, sideline to sideline. I didn't think he made enough plays in that game. Um, He's going to get a lot of tackles, but a lot of them are down the football field right now. Um, So Josh Watson, you know, he's going to have to uh, really step up his play as we get into Mountain West Conference play if uh, he's going to be anything other than a a late day three pick, possibly a, a priority free agent when it's all said and done. So those were all the games that I watched before we even got to Saturday, and we're what an hour into this podcast, and I'm just now getting to the Saturday game. So I mean that was quite a few games that I that I was able to get through uh, in just two days, uh, which really set set me up well for Saturday. And I'll tell you what, Saturday, you know, you had Ohio State, number five uh, in the country, taking on Oregon State, you know, seventy seven to to thirty one route. You know, obviously, you can point at, at all the uh, offensive fireworks, but uh, you know what? What I'm really going to talk about is is the the defensive line play. You know, specifically Nick Bosa. When you talk about someone who you're going to take in the top five, or really, the, you know, the first pick overall, um, you know, you expect them to take over games. And I thought that Nick Bosa, when he was in there, was virtually unblockable. You know, um, had two sacks on on the day. And really what you saw was just the explosiveness off the ball, quick get off the ham hand, the hand usage. I think at this point is, is really farther along than, than his brother, Joey Bosa, if you can believe it. Um, you know, just able to, to chop the hands down and, and dip the shoulder and, and get, um, you know, turn the corner in a hurry. You know, I thought he showed an inside rush on the linebacker or on the left tackle to, to collapse the pocket from the inside. Um, Gets his hands into the chest, and then you know just a quick rip after that. Um, you know, able to drive his man off the football. Um, you know, bull rush driving the left tackle back into the quarterback. Um, got a strip sack coming off the edge. Or I'm sorry, it was uh, the the linebacker who who got the the strip sack. It was uh, Pete Werner coming off. Gets the strip sack, had the awareness being there right around the football to jump on it for a touchdown. Uh The motor never quits. You know he's one of those guys. You know that's really what you want to see out of out of a top five pick. Is someone that t- teams have to game plan for. And really he was unblockable. You know regardless of who they threw at him, he was getting by them. You know does just an excellent job running the arc. You know there, there's not enough you know adjectives to use for this guy, but really you know took there was even one play you know he took two steps to the outside. Then uh, uses a, uh, you know, kind of slaps the hands, uses an arm over, um, you know, shoves the, the left tackle aside for for a sack. Um, you know, he does a really good job, you know, just slipping blocks um, back to the inside. And uh, that, that explosiveness, you know, really uh, the short area burst to get to the quarterback is unreal. Uh, Draymond Thompson, 6'3", 295 pound. Um, this is a guy who, to me, I think improved his draft stock um, you know, as much as anybody in this year's um, this year's class, um, just so athletic uh, to beat double teams. Um, you know, on the inside, again, another guy who uses hands very well to get off blocks, um, and then the speed to chase down quarterbacks. You know, he's somebody who I, I think can be an interior pass rusher, and that's something that's very valuable at the next level. You know, you talk about a lot of the edge rushers, but you know, where are you getting you know a lot of the you know the premium pass rushers? You know, you've got. Uh, Aaron Donald and you see that the type of money that he is, is commanding and that's as an interior pass rusher. And you're going to see that out of Draymond Jones. Um, so I thought that Ohio state very dominant overall, you know, Mike Weber, um, you know, sharing the backfield with, with JK Dom and really stole, stole the thunder there. You know, had three touchdowns there for the Buckeyes, you know, Mike Weber, um, Probably going to enter the draft. He's only a junior, um, 5'10", 214 pounds. But with J.K. Dobbins sitting there, you have to expect Mike Weber to ultimately decide that he's going to move to the next level. Uh, Isaiah Prince, 6'7", 310 pound, offensive tackle. Um, To me, he's, he's staying on the right side and he's clearly a right tackle. I don't see him moving outside of uh, you know moving over to the left side at all. There was talk that maybe he'd move over to the left side this year, but uh, they've kept him on the right side, and I think that's the right call. Now, Nick Bosa, we talked about him as a top-five pick. You look at Houston playing against Rice. I didn't get to watch this game, but Houston won 45-27, to 27, and I wanted to check the box score just to see what Ed Oliver did. 13 tackles, 3.5 for loss. Got another couple of hits on the quarterback as well when you talk about players taking over games you know that's that's an interior lineman you know a defensive tackle with 13 tackles on the day you know that to me just says that he was having his way with with the owls offensive line and uh, you know that's really what you want to see you know which i'm i'm kind of leading into you know that that Notre Dame game. You know number twelve Notre Dame against Michigan, uh, number twelve versus number fourteen. You know Notre Dame came out on top. You know twenty four to seventeen, and and everybody's talking about Rashawn Gary, and and I get that he's you know the uh, talented, uh, athletically, and you know that he's virtually unblockable, um, you know one on one. But I'll tell you what. You know, what I really saw was I didn't see enough you know of that that flexibility off the edge. Um, you know either Liam Eichenberg is is that much better of a blocker than um, than Robert Haynesy on the right side or you know Chase Winovich was just outplaying Rashawn Gary. Um, you know I, I think you know Rashawn Gary what what he was able to do, he was able to get off some blocks, you know, especially in the run game. Um, I thought he could affect the quarterback play, but he just seemed to be a step slow coming off the edge. What I want to see Rashawn, Rashawn Gary do is kick inside and really rush the passer from the inside. We talk about interior pass rushers. I said it earlier. That's really where Rashawn Gary is going to excel at the next level. He's 6'5", 283 pounds. He's not an edge rusher. Let's move him inside. The sooner that they're able to do that, you know, the sooner that I think uh, you know he's going to be able to beat that unblockable guy that we can talk about in the top five. Right now, Rashawn Gary to me is a mid first round pick. I don't see that explosiveness coming off the edge that you really want to see. Teams aren't game planning for him right now. You kick him inside, that's where he's going to be dominant. There isn't a guard or a center at the next, you know, um, at the collegiate level, that's going to be able to block Sean Gary one on one. He's going to affect uh, affect the passer. So you have him on the inside, Winovich on the outside, and you know I think that's a recipe for success. Uh, you know Chase Winovich, man. You, know, you want to talk about a guy who has a motor that never quits. Six three, two hundred fifty five pounds. I think he's going to be an outside linebacker in a three four scheme um, when it's all said and done. But you just saw, you know, just the versatility. You know the stutter. To the outside, shoot back inside. You know, to to beat the left tackle. Um, you know, showed speed off the edge. Um, you know, able to dip and rip under the pad level. What was really impressive was he was able to get so low. You know, the flexibility, being able to bend and get around that corner. He was able to to turn the corner in a hurry, flatten it, flatten things out, and, and was was just a thorn in Brandon Wimbush's you know side. All game long, he was really a lot of fun to watch, and uh, like I said, I thought he outplayed Rashawn Gary six tackles, a sack, three and a half tackles for loss. He's somebody who can play his way into day two. Um, just uh, he was, you know, like I said, just a pleasure to watch. He was just so much fun. Um, you know, Tavon Coney, uh, the middle linebacker for, for Notre Dame, another guy that we have to talk about as a potential first rounder, 10 tackles, um, on the day. Uh, had a fumble recovery as well uh, to seal the win. Um, sure tackler in the open field, um, you know someone who I thought, you know, did a really good job, you know, shooting shooting gaps, making plays um, in the running game. Wanted to see more speed from him getting to the perimeter, although you know he was able to keep a lot of plays in front of him. Um, you know, Coney to me is is a fringe first second rounder. You know, I, I don't see him I'm not as high on him as, as some other people are um, you know but uh, you know he didn't really do anything to hurt his draft stock um, devin Bush um, you know the 511 225 pound junior middle linebacker for for uh, Michigan you know was really you know active was playing all over the field you know had over a hundred tackles nine and a half tackles for loss and five sacks a season ago um you know but I, I thought Coming off the edge, did a good job dipping his shoulder, um, running the arc, getting to the quarterback for a sack, um, and uh, really just kind of seemed to be all over the field. You know, another one of those playmakers. Um, so th- there's he, he's someone that you could potentially see coming out at the end of this uh, end of this year. Um, you know, Jerry Tillery, the defensive tackle for the Irish, 6'7", six seven, three hundred five pounds. Um, it was double teamed quite a bit. Um, you know, there was one play where he slid to the left at the snap and beat the center through the a gap and, uh, dropped a running back for, for no gain. Um, I thought he has very active hands getting into the, into the right tackle, you know, able to shed blocks, uh, chase down quarterbacks, um, you know, chase down the quarterback you know, second and goal. Uh, he really threw the through the left tackle aside, came down and, and sacked the quarterback. That's one of the things that I'll say is uh, that the, the offensive line play for the Michigan Wolverines really they have to get that cleaned up if they are going to um, make any run at a Big Ten title. Uh, Shea Patterson really, um, you know, didn't get a whole lot of time to to throw the football. Um, you know, the 205 hundred five pound junior, um, you know, from uh, you know Mississippi, you know, transfer. Um, i thought he was very accurate on the run i thought he you know threw the ball very well getting outside the pocket um and, but it was one of those things to where you know i thought he lacked uh, you know a sense of urgency down the stretch um you know and, and didn't want to always set his feet and so he was underthrowing a lot of passes um you know and and he'd get himself into trouble just kind of throwing the ball up a little bit um and, and you know just ultimately get bailed out but um, you could see a lot of the, the efficiency when he was given time. He could definitely you know, take teams apart you know, and really had some deep ball accuracy. Hit Nico Collins on a nice play. really allowed him to uh, um, make a play on the football, go up and get it. Um, let's see. Who else do we have from this game? Um, you know LaVert Hill and david long David long to me, you know, I didn't think he was much of a factor uh Lavert Hill, you know trailed uh you know Claypool, the wide receiver, had his eyes on the quarterback, and uh you know the ball wasn't thrown on a line, it was kind of hung up a little bit. He was able to recover and make a play on the football, um uh, but he was beaten by a step by by miles Bo- uh, boykin on a diving catch. Uh, and was ultimately called for, uh, you know, for defensive pass interference on a 28-yard reception. Um, you know, to me, you know, Lavert Hill really didn't do anything to justify warranting, you know, him coming out in the draft. I thought there were a lot of junior uh, cornerbacks where they, you know, that really struggled. Um, you know, Levante Taylor for Florida State, I thought, really had a hard time um, against the bigger Virginia Tech receivers. Uh, Julian Love was another one. He got beaten, uh, got beat deep by uh, vertically uh, by Collins on that 32 yard pass. Um, You know, second and three, you know, off coverage. Um, Ball was thrown um, to Donovan Peoples Jones um, in front of him. And, you know, I thought he closed quickly, um, but. You know, the receiver ultimately still picked up a first down. Uh, Julian Love, you know, had 20 pass breakups a season ago, but the 5'11", 193-pound junior, um, you know, I thought was was very pedestrian in this game as well. I wasn't all that impressed um, with this play, and he's somebody that I was really looking forward to seeing what he could do uh, making plays on the football. Staying in Penn State, uh, or staying in, in the Big Ten, you know, as I said, you know, Penn State, you know, 45-38, you know, overtime win over Appalachian State, you know, it was a tie game with 42 seconds left when uh, Trace McSorley, you know, hit a touchdown pass to to tie the game up. Um, you know, McSorley, you know, 229 yards passing in a touchdown. Um, you know, to me, he, he's one of those guys. He's just a you know one of those gutty leaders. You know he's he's a six foot quarterback, um, so he is undersized, but he's he's a lot of fun to watch. Um, to me, day three pick as of right now. Um, you know I, I really want to see what he's going to do. You know going forward. Um, you know, but you know all wasn't for a lot. You know with uh, with the Big Ten. You know Maryland got a big upset win over twenty three ranked Texas, thirty four twenty nine. You know the. The receivers it was really Lil Jordan Humphrey and, and Colin Johnson of of Texas versus uh the freshman Jashon Jones and uh, Tavon Jacobs and uh, you know the Terps ultimately came out with the victory and I'll tell you what one of the more impressive debuts by by a freshman you know if you want to talk about uh, you know a freshman trying to make an impact right away I'll tell you what Jashon Jashon Jones um you know, definitely was able to do that. You know he had a 28-yard rushing touchdown, a 28-yard passing touchdown, and a 65-yard receiving touchdown um, in his very first game. Um, you know wearing the, you know the um, Maryland uniform. You know 6 190-pound freshman. You know we'll be hearing quite a bit of that name um, when things, you know things continue throughout the season. You know Ty Johnson to me really couldn't get going. You know he showed some good hands as a receiver. Um, good speed in the open field you know and you know that speed was evident um as a kick returner uh, like I said good hands out of the backfield that's really you know the biggest thing that I could take away from that game um you know Damian Prince you know, I thought that he uh, he was slow out of his stance you know as a right tackle to me um you know Damian's going to have to Um, kick inside to guard. I just don't think he has the foot speed um, to be a a, a tackle at the next level. Um, Again, I talked about the receivers, you know, the the little Jordan Humphrey, you know, he's 6'4", 220 pounds, did a good job finding zones, uh, voids in the zones, able to high point um, footballs, um, you know, down the football field, catches the ball away from his body. Um, Colin Johnson, you know, not the most impressive blocker, I'll say, and not a you know not a ton of separation up the sideline, but uh, it's the ability to win those 50-50 balls and the ability to you know make uh make some plays you know along the sideline, the body control, the the footwork, um you know toe tap in the the sideline, um, Tavon Jacobs, you know I I think he's somebody who can can line up. In the in the slot he's a tough guy you know took a big hit up the sideline uh, leap you know leaping catch able to bring in the uh, bring in the football uh, a good route runner as well um you know 510 and 170 pound or 5'11, 170 pounds not the biggest guy uh, I think that might hurt him you know um, with his draft draft stock but could end up being a day three pick when it's all said and done and then uh, you know chris Boyd you know the the corner out of Texas, six foot, one hundred ninety five pounds, fifteen pass breakups last year. Um, dropped an easy pick in the first quarter, um, but uh, you know he he took an inside path running by the tight end, and uh, was able to drop the quarterback for a sack. Um, you know ultimately had had a sack and and two tackles for loss in the game uh, to go along with those those five tackles overall. Um, you know and uh, you know Texas. Tom Herman, you know it's going to take some time to get them all the way back. They're just not there yet, um, but uh, you know I, I talked about OU being the top team there in uh, in the, in the Big Twelve, and they they showed up in a big way against Florida Atlantic. Um, you know Lincoln Riley really out um, out out maneuvering uh, Lane Kiffin there. Um, you know, Rodney Anderson, just five carries on the day, but over 100 yards and, and two touchdowns. Hollywood Brown, six six receptions for 133 yards and a touchdown. Kyler Murray threw 11 passes. He was 9 of 11 for 209 yards and two touchdowns. Very efficient day. Um, you know, and, and it was one of those things to where I look at my notes here, and I don't have a ton on this page uh, because there really wasn't, you know, the, the game got out of hand, you know, 35 points in the first quarter. Um, you know Rodney Anderson just the burst just one cut and go um you know on a on a 30 yard touchdown um you know he's he's just does just a, a big guy you know get him north and south he's a guy who i think is a downhill runner you're not going to see a whole lot of him laterally but you know you get him out in space and he's going to run away from some people um you know if he can stay healthy I think Rodney Anderson is somebody who you know has a legit chance at sneaking into the first round. Probably gonna be an early day two pick, though. Um, you know, I thought that uh, Bobby Evans on uh, on the left side you know of the line. I thought he struggled with speed a little bit off the edge. You know, to me, I think Bobby Evans is gonna be a right tackle um at the next level. Um 6'5, 301 pounds, you know, he's a junior. Uh, to me I think it would behoove him to to come back for one more season um you know like I said Hollywood Brown you know the, the speedster you know a, ran a sluggo, you know ran ran by the cornerback and off coverage um you know I'm sorry he, he actually didn't run by the cornerback and you know because they were sitting back and off coverage but he was able to elevate high point the football make a play on the ball um, had the speed to, to run by a cornerback on a on a go route Um you know, and uh, ultimately, a 65-yard touchdown. Um, you know, the, the safety took the tight end, so there wasn't any help over the top, and and Brown ultimately scored on that play. Um, you know, Aziz Alshayaer. You know, I think one of the better middle linebackers in the in uh, in the country. 6'2", 228 pounds for the Owls. Showed some good instincts, shooting gaps. You know, being disruptive against the run. Um, played well downhill, wrapping up the running back for tackle a loss. Um, and he's already FAU's all-time leading tackler. I think the game really got out of hand, and you know it was one of those things to where he wasn't really able to showcase all of his skills because you know their team was just really playing from behind uh, in a big way. Um, so yeah, o- OU definitely dominant, and uh, you know I'll be looking forward to seeing what they can do against a UCLA team that struggled uh, mightily against uh, Cincinnati. Ryan Finley and the NC State Wolfpack took on James Madison, the FCS champions. Uh, beat him 24-13. to 13. Um, Finley, you know, an efficient day. You know, he's one of those guys who's not going to wow you necessarily, but, you know, I thought he was very polished. You know, the biggest thing for me is, is the anticipation. You know, throws very well, um, you know, the timing routes, um, very accurate passer, and, uh, you know, just had a, had a, had a solid day overall. Um, you know, that's the reason why, you know, he's he's one of my top quarterbacks, uh, 29 to 43, 309 yards, two touchdowns, um, doesn't have the best arm strength, but uh, just a guy, you know, he, he's one of those who can make up for that lack of arm strength with the timing, with the ball placement, um, you know, that, that anticipation, you know, throwing before the receivers are out of their breaks. Uh, I talked a lot about Kelvin Harmon as a potential sleeper. Uh, wide receiver for the Wolfpack. But the guy who really outplayed him was was Jacoby Myers, uh 6'2, 203 pounds. He's only a junior, but um, you know, you want to talk about a guy who was, you know, lining up in the slot and was repeatedly beating the corner. Um you know it was just you know excellent route runner, you know, excellent hands. Um you know and just really a, a go to target for Ryan Finley. Um, and as the season goes along, Ryan Finley is going to need those guys to, to step up for him. Um, so, you know, that's a guy that he's really, I think, going to rely on. You know, James Madison was without, you know, five um, key defensive players. You know, Rashad Robinson, you know, the corner, um, you know, legit pro prospect. He's out for the year. So he didn't, you know, he obviously wasn't in the game. The, the guy that they're really going to have to lean on in the secondary is Jimmy Moreland. He's 5'11", 175 pounds, not the biggest guy by any means, but he uh, didn't see the ball thrown his way very much, um, but definitely someone who I thought shut down Calvin Harmon. Harmon only had four receptions for 33 yards, um, and I thought that uh, that you know Jimmy Moreland, when he lined up against him, really did a good job shutting him down. But uh, the Wolfpack get the win. They start their season off 1-0, um, you know, and hopefully they'll they'll be able to make some noise there in the ACC. Uh, let's see. What are we transitioning to? We'll go to West Virginia. You know, you have obviously, man, Will Greer, um, you know, 25 of, of 34, 429 yards, um, you know, and five touchdowns, you know, David Sills, 140 40 yards on seven receptions, two touchdowns. And then uh, Gary Jennings, you know, had a touchdown pass um, as well. You know, 130 yards receiving. Uh, Will Greer, you know, just a very very efficient day. You know, the the deep ball accuracy um, was was evident. You know, he started started the game six of 11 for 114 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, there were lots of misses to to start out start out the game, um, but he, he's somebody who you know, he's got that gunslinger mentality, you know, and I think he does a really good job, you know, with that ball placement, knows where his receivers are going to go. He, he trusts Sills and, and Jennings to uh, to make a play on the football. Sills had an uncharacteristic drop in the, in the red zone, but, you know, a savvy receiver, excellent route runner, um, and a guy who just knows how to make plays and get it into the end zone. Um, you know, Jennings, um, you know, does a decent job, you know, running routes, able to separate, you know, with his cuts uh, to get open. And both of these guys are, are, you know, just such sure-handed receivers. Um, You know, the the blocking, um, you know, uh, Yodney Kajust, you know, I thought he struggled. You know, I saw a lot of backpedaling from him. Um, You know, I thought decent lateral quickness to to keep the defensive end in front of him um, generated some movement in the running game. Um but to me, I think I see you know Kajust as as someone who's gonna move inside and, and play guard at the next level. Uh, Tennessee's best pro prospect is only a sophomore. that's Trey Smith um the the left tackle to me, I thought he was very physical in the running game. He was manhandling uh, um, the defensive end there for for West Virginia uh, you know Jabril Robinson, you know the entire game. you know I thought that the hands. Um, you know, kept the hands inside. Really did a great job. Um, you know, reading the the inside rush. You know, with a quick power step um, to inside to keep him in front of him. You know, also very fluid, very easy mover. Um, you know, as a you know with his kick slide. To me, I think Trey, Trey Smith has a chance to be the top offensive tackle taken in the twenty twenty draft. Um, you know, I, he was a lot of fun to watch for me. So Washington. You know, took on Auburn, and uh, you know Jake Browning. To me, you know, he, he's he's a game manager, but I thought that there were a lot of a lot of plays that he made that were just you know some head scratchers, like the the uh, interception that he had. He was rolling out, was pressured with the blitz, and uh, you know, ultimately tried to. Th- throw down the sideline, you know, instead of just throwing the ball away, it was well underthrown, and Jamel Dean, you know, was playing with the cast on his hand, ultimately the, uh, picked the pass off, um, you know, and, and uh, you know that really kind of set the tone for the game, I thought. Um, you know, I thought that um, not having Trey Adams at, at left tackle really hurt the dogs, um, because, you know, the Tigers, that, that defensive line up front, Derek Brown, um, you know, just showing the ability to to shoot gaps up up front, you know, that short area quickness from him, um, you know, able to split double teams and, and pressure the quarterbacks, um, you know, and, and also being disruptive, getting quick penetration against the run. He and Ontavious Russell, you know, Dontavious Russell showing some swim moves on the guards, um, quick to to penetrate into the backfield and, and disrupt runs, also got a sack on, on on Browning as well. Um, they were two that were a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, Miles Gaskin you know, ultimately uh, was able to break Napoleon uh, Kaufman's record as the all-time leading rusher at UW. Um, but uh, you know, Gaskin at the end of the day, you know, just rushed for uh, 75 yards on 17 carries. Um, the 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 quarterback, you know, I, I thought the quarterback play uh, from from Jarrett Siddham, you know, the, the the junior, to me, just very efficient. He's a very active, accurate quarterback. Um, you know, just someone who the ball placement, you really saw that it was evident. Um, you know, the back shoulder throws, I thought he did a really good job putting the ball on the money. Um, his biggest issue right now is he holds onto the ball way too long. He has to have more of a feel of, 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 the pressure, you know, feel that rush, get the, get rid of the football, not try to do too much. Um, but man, you know, Jared Sidham from an efficiency standpoint, I was very impressed. Um, Caleb McGarry. The, the Washington uh, right tackle. He's 6'7, 310 pounds, uh, not really a deep kick slide, and, and Nick Coe um, had an angle on him, ultimately get able to get around him and, and get to the quarterback. Um, you know, he's he's opening up you know way too early. Um, you know, I, the he was able to to basically move with Marlon Davidson when he was able to line up, you know, and get him square. You know, if he gets the guy square, then he's really good, but you know, he's gonna have to work on that kick slide, really getting some depth, because if he's if if he's going laterally and not really getting it deep, then he's he's gonna lose that edge. You know, I thought it was very physical at the point of attack though, so I think that's something to take away um, for for McGarry. But I heard people talking about him as a potential late first round pick. I just I don't see it right now. Um, North Carolina, I got to watch them play, play Cal and Berkeley, uh, the Bears 24-17 uh, winners. You know Malik Carney, the defensive end, I thought was was the standout, uh, eight tackles, two sacks, uh, three three tackles for loss overall. You know he was one of those guys who was suspended, um, you know for for selling their gear, their uh, their Jordans and their and their gear there um, for cash and you know it's one of those things too. you saw him you know get very emotional in in the game and and that's what one of the things that you know as it is he's already got a, you know he's under a microscope and then being so emotional out on the football field that can get him in trouble um you know but what was really impressive was he'd start up upfield then get a spin move back inside uh to get to the quarterback trying to step up you know, a, a lot of those secondary moves um, was really where where Carney was excelling. Um, you know, but you know, four four interceptions by Nathan Elliott um, was really what doomed uh, the the Tar Heels at the end of the day. You know, when you look at it, the Tar Heels actually outgained um, you know the the Bears uh, three hundred one to two hundred seventy nine. You know, in terms of the yardage. Um, you know, Ross Bowers, the quarterback for the Bears, you know, the sophomore slump possibly. Um only eight of seventeen for fifty-six yards. You know, he was in a, a three quarterback battle. I mean he shared it with uh you know, Chase Garbers and Brandon McIlwain, took some snaps under center. Um, you know, so, you know, Cal gets the win, but it wasn't pretty. Um, USC, my Trojans number 15 in the country 4321 overall again that score could have been you know a, a lot more lopsided um, had they been able to execute um, you know JT Daniels I thought was very efficient 22 for 35 282 yards um, you know he, he was someone who as the game went along you could tell that he was getting more and more comfortable um, he's gonna have to you know get some better play out of his receivers other than Amonra Saint Brown because uh, Amonra... Um, you know, that's, he built rapport with him. That's his, his, uh, his roommate. Um, but uh, you know, he built rapport with him at, uh, at modern day high school and, uh, in Santa Ana, same high school, by the way, where both Matt Leinert and Matt Barkley went, um, you know, fellow Trojans. But, uh, you know, I I think he's somebody who's, who's going to make some noise in in the PAC 12 when it's all said and done. Um, but again, he's going to need to get some better play out of his receivers. Um, you know Michael Pittman and, and Tyler Vaughns, just you know dropping passes. You know really not not helping him out at all. Um, you know the you know Chuma Adoga, the right tackle. He's going to have to pick up his play as well um, against Stanford. The running game. You know Clancy Pendergast. You know his defense really isn't designed to um, match up well with with UNLV's. Um, running style and you really saw you know Lexington Thomas you know one big play but you know at the end of the day he ran for for 136 yards um, you know and a, and a touchdown on just 14 carries um, you know he's not the biggest guy he's just 57 um, but I, I think that explosiveness that you saw him play uh, play with there you know could end up getting him you know a, you know a look at the at the next level you know one thing that I'll say is cam Smith looks fast. You know he he dropped twenty three pounds, uh, in the off season and just moves very well. You know he um, read the quarterback's eyes, was able to get in the passing lane, was leaping and and knocking down passes. Um, you know read a combo route uh, by the wide receiver, um, was pointing it out to the defensive back, but uh, you know they still scored a touchdown, anyway. Um, but you know, able to read the the jet sweep, got speed, you know, showed some speed to the sideline, was able to drop him for loss in the open field, um, blitzing up the middle, getting hits on the quarterback. Um, he just looked like a completely different player. And uh, you know, I, I think when he was two hundred and fifty pounds, that was really you know, he just he looked a step slow. You know, I thought there was no more than being a, a two down back, I mean a two bound linebacker. And now, you know, he can be a legit three down linebacker at the next level. Uh, Porter Gustin, one of my favorite players to watch. 6'5, 255 pounds, played in, you know, 17 games as a starter, um, you know, 23 tackles for loss. Um, Just a guy who is relentless getting to the quarterback. You know, the lateral quickness, spying the quarterback as well uh, in in the passing game. Um, But excellent hand usage, slapping the left tackle's hands able to to dip and get outside you know um, you know just does a really good job getting to the quarterback have one and a half sacks um, on the day um you know I, I think he using some of those secondary moves as well um, just that hand usage you know we talk about that a lot from the edge rushers the good pass rushers have that hand usage and he's one of those guys that was able to do that uh, Iman Marshall you know he had 27 pass breakups in his career at uh, at SC uh coming into the season you know 6'1", 205 pounds um you know and I, I think he he's off to a good start you know in phase down the sideline against uh you know a six4 uh wide receiver there and, and Kendall keys and uh was able to high point the football and, and knock the ball away from the receiver um you know so it, it's one of those things to where Marshall if he can continue to play the way that he is finally live up to his potential he has a chance to be one of the top cornerbacks taken in the draft you know, I think he has that type of athleticism um, you know just really good balls um, you know, uh, ball skills um, you know hitting the receiver as the ball arrives to draw the ball free um, no separation running in phase with the receiver he just needs to be smart. Um, and and if you can do that, then I think you know Mom Marshall's someone who could end up having a breakout season for the Trojans. Trojans get the win. They play Stanford. Um, really want to see what that run defense can do against uh, Bryce Love. Um, you know, always interesting when Bryce Love gets a lineup up against uh, against the Trojans. Um, speaking of the Pac-12 and uh, and LA schools, uh, USC's crosstown rival UCLA took on Cincinnati. Uh, Chip Kelly's debut. Got off to a rough start, wound up losing the game 26-17, and I'll tell you Luke Fickle uh, was very confident in their run game. You know, at, at the end of the day, you know they get into the red zone, uh, two fourth down conversions um, with with Mike Warren, the running back. You know, the the sophomore running back, 5'11", 218 pounds, and was just dragging dragging tacklers, you know, and really just hitting the hole, and uh, was just a power back between the tackles. Um, you know they were able to convert on fourth down, and then even on fourth and goal from the one yard line, was able to punch it in uh, to seal the win for the Bearcats. But I'll tell you what, you know, what really stood out to me was the play on the def- on the defensive side of the football. Uh, I thought the the defensive tackles, both Marquise Copeland and um, Cortez Broughton, showed showed me that they can play at the next level. They're both 6'2", 290 pounds, and uh, you know. Broughton was showing off uh, off the bull rush, able to drive his man back uh, repeatedly. Uh, was getting penetration in the run game as well. Um, you know when he would fire low off the ball, he'd get under the pad level of uh, of the right guard as well, and, and really just put him on on skates and drive him all the way back to the quarterback. Really thought Broughton was disruptive. Um, you know Copeland, um, you know did a really good job as well, being stout at the point of attack, keeping the inside. Um, his inside arm free while being engaged with the center, able to drop the running back uh, for just a two yard gain in the hole. Um, you know, uh, he, he's somebody to me. Um, you know, showed some speed. You know, he was un, unblocked on a play action. Uh, got into the pass uh, passing lane, disrupt the quarterback's pass. Um, thought he did a really good job. You know, keeping the you know working uh, con- continuing to work to the quarterback. I thought he was relentless in, in pursuit of the other quarterback as well. Um, you know, and then finally Brian Wright, the the junior uh, linebacker. He's a converted defensive end, and uh, just somebody to keep an eye on. Um, you know, there at Cincy, you know, I thought he did a good job um, playing all over the field. Um, you know, and, and uh, was one on one versus the the freshman running back, um, you know, Casimir Allen, and was able to drop him for a four yard loss. Um, so some pretty good athleticism there from the 6'3", 235-pounder. Um, I'll tell you one thing. Jalen Phillips, um, the sophomore, 6'5", 245 pounds, was playing defensive end a season ago, and now um, you know really looks more at home at outside linebacker in J- uh, Jerry Azanaro's uh, defense. Um, he's a player to watch, someone who I think can start making some noise and get some, some pretty decent draft stock um, for the, the 2020 draft. Um, but uh, UCLA, you know, a, a loss in their first game um, to the Bearcats. Now they have OU. Um, you know, so there's there's a definitely a, a a really good chance that the Bruins can start the season 0-2 for Chip Kelly. Um, Jim Mora Jr. You know, didn't really you know do a, a, any any services there. You know, I thought that uh, the cover was left a little dry. There in uh, in UCLA, so it's going to take Chip Kelly a little bit of time to get his guys in there um, to really turn things around. Um, Alabama, number one overall, you know, took you know just beat the the heck out of out of Louisville, um, you know, fifty one fourteen. Clearly, you know, Tua um is is the starter there. Uh, the sophomore, he's going to be. Um, draft eligible next season, but uh, just the arm strength, the arm talent was there, um, able to get outside the pocket, make some plays with his legs as well. Um, the best draft eligible prospect in, in this game was Jonah Williams by far. Uh, 6'5", 301 pounds, you know, very uh, good push in the run game, um, knee bender in the pass game. I, I thought he you know was very, um, very low center of gravity, did a great job um, firing quick out of his stance. And uh, very seamless uh, kick slide. I thought he was very, um, very deep kick slide. Was always beating the defensive end to the edge with ease. Uh, able to mirror the defensive end. Um, you know, I thought that he he did a really good job firing off the off the ball and shooting under the defensive end pad level. Um, good punch. You know, I think that was one of the things too. The timing on his punches. Um, you know, and and then once he was engaged, being able to mirror. Um, mirror Mirrors man to me. Jonah Williams is somebody who could end up being the the, the top offensive tackle. Um, he's going to be competing with with Greg Little. You know, I, I think for the best offensive tackle in in this year's draft class. But uh, he definitely uh, showed up very well in this game. Uh, Raquan Davis, you know, the six seven, three hundred sixteen pound defensive end. Um, you know, he he'd stand up. You know, the the guard get under his pad level, shrug him off. Um, and, and dropped the quarterback for loss on a zone read. Um, extended his arms and and really pushed his man back uh, to collapse the pocket. Um, you know, clubbed the right guard and, and shot through the a gap. Got a sack on the quarterback. Um, or I'm sorry, a near sack on the quarterback. Really, you know, pressured the quarterback well. Um, you know, Raekwon Davis, you know, is is the top pro prospect. But I'll tell you um you know on that line. But Quinton Williams, you know, 6'4, 288 pounds, the redshirt sophomore, um, you know, showed some good power um, you know, combined with a, with a quick get-off and was just virtually, you know, unblockable inside. He was someone who, you know, just moving, um move, moved well off the ball, um, would would slap the hands aside and then rip through um to get by. You know, wound up with three and a half tackles for loss. Um, just you know, very disruptive in the game. You know, Deontay Thompson is a Richard uh, Richard junior 6'2", 196 pounds. He's the next safety there for Alabama. Three pass breakups and an interception. I thought he did a great job. You know, uh, over the top. Um, you know, showing excellent range. You know, I thought he was making quick uh, quick breaks on the ball. Excellent ball skills. Uh, instinctive in pass coverage, uh, came downhill to uh, to make plays on the on, on the running back as well. Um, so Deontay Thompson is someone who I think can make some plays, um, you know, and potentially come out in this next draft. Um, Anthony Jennings, you know, I, I still don't think he's all the way back. Um, you know, health has to be a question for him. Um, to me, you know, he he did have a, a half a sack in the game. I don't think he's all that disruptive right now. Um, you know, you'd see a few flash plays here and there um, where he really really flash. but um, overall, to me, you know, Jennings is somebody who you know I think you're going to have to see some consistency from him um, before I really start talking about first round. Um, you know, I think there are a lot of other edge rushers um, who I'd be taking ahead of him. Uh, namely, one of those is going to be Montez Sweat out of out of Mississippi State. Um, you know, to me, if I'm if I'm looking for for someone um, to take in, in round one an edge rusher, you know, Anthony Jennings is not going to be the first guy, at least right, not right now. Um, got to watch Arizona State take on UTSA. Um, there at Sun Devil Stadium, Herm Edwards, um, you know, first game with the with the Sun Devils and and, uh, and Sparky, and uh, really the the guy to watch was Nikhil Harry, six receptions, 140 yards, two touchdowns. The big wideout was really, it looked like a man among boys. You know, he's 6'4", 215 pounds. The run after catch, just running through arm tackles, um, making some easy gains. You know, the, the catch radius is, is ridiculous on this kid. There's a bubble screen on third, uh, th- uh, third and 13. Uh, catches the ball two yards behind the line of scrimmage. Um, spun away from the corner. Uh, gets north, north-south in a hurry. Showed some speed to get down the field. And uh, poor cornerback uh, uh, Stanley Die tried to run him down, and uh, he was able to step out of his tackle as well. Uh, 58-yard touchdown, just really physical after the catch. Um, but he's a big wideout, um, you know, who runs well, um, able to high point the football. To me, Nikhil Harry looks like a um, a wideout who's capable of of, of you know the ceiling for him is really going to be the the top ten. I think he has a chance to sneak in there. When you look at that receiving core, you know the question is going to be where is that drop off between the top tier and the next tier of receivers? We saw that a couple of years ago when Corey Davis, Mike Williams, and John Ross were all taken in the top ten because there was a considerable drop off after the three of those. So you know if you've got A.J. Um, A.J. Moore and Nikhil Harry sitting there at the top. Um, you know, and there really isn't much of a, you know, if there's a, a drop off after the two of them, then, uh, you know, there's a chance that you could see them both go, um, you know, in, in the top 10, um, UTSA, their top, top, uh, returner was Jordan Tauefa. You know, he's 6'2", 245 pounds. The junior is a big hitter, um, you know, was a freshman All-America in 2016 with 115 tackles. Only played in five games in, uh, in 2017. Had a knee injury that that really messed uh, messed up uh, his, his sophomore season. But uh, you know, played with pretty good instincts. Uh, runs well. Um, you know, I thought that he used a, a good swim move on the running back to uh, to shoot the gap and put pressure on the quarterback as well. Um, so to me Jordan Tauefa is somebody who who you can keep an eye on there at, at UTSA um, you know the same place where uh you know Marcus Davenport you know played so um you know Tauefa, um it, it could be the next roadrunner who could potentially get drafted um, you know and then you know Arizona taking on BYU You know, 28-23 loss, Khalil Tate had a rough night, um, you know, and and really just couldn't get things going against the Cougars um, at at the end of the day. You know, so his Heisman hopes definitely took a hit in that game. Um, You know, so that was everything on Saturday. You know, on Sunday you got to see LSU 33-17 over Miami. Um, You know, I thought the play when you were watching, uh, you know, Devin White um, at – at the linebacker position, the instincts, taking excellent angles to the football as well. Um, you know, he wraps up well and just doesn't let go um, as a tackler, moves very well laterally, 10.2 tackles per game. Um, and he was even on the punt cover team as well. So you saw some excellent effort out of him. Greedy Williams, didn't really see a ton of passes his way. But look, he's 6'3, 184 pounds. Um, I thought he came up well in run support. Um, you know, in phase with, with Lawrence Cager up the up the seam, um, you know, quick feet in his back backpedal, um, you know, does a really good job um, locating the football, getting his head around, um, you know, and, and uh, you know pinned his receiver, uh, really pinned Cager to the sideline. So when Cager caught the football, he was catching the football out of bounds. So to me, you know, uh, Greedy Williams definitely um, you know helped himself there in in, uh, in the game. Um, You know, Kayleigh Vaughn, Chason, the sophomore, 6'4", 238 pounds, um, injured his knee but showed really good speed off the edge. He's somebody to keep an eye on. Um, You know, hopefully he he can uh, return to health, but uh, somebody who really showed some excellent speed. Um, You know, Gerald Willis for Miami, 6'4", 285 pounds up front, um, just showed really good first-step quickness off the football um, you know, used a lot of arm over um, to to beat the the guards off the ball and 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 get into the backfield. Um, I thought he was disruptive. Um, you know, and, and get into pass lanes. Um, you know, second and goal from the two yard line was able to get into the passing lane and, and leap for a, you know to knock down a pass. Um, you know, I, I think Gerald Willis. Um really helped himself in that game. You know shaq quarterman showed us that uh, you know he's he's the thumper and and you know really one of the leaders there of of the hurricane defense. um Joe Jackson, um you know six six three two hundred and fifty eight pounds, edge rusher. you know I thought that he did a good job with the spin move, beating the left tackle to the inside, flushed the quarterback from the pocket. Um, you know really a quick jump off the ball, uh, was able to push his man back and then dip inside. Um, you know, dip his inside shoulder and, and get a good rip on uh, get get a good rip to to go ahead and uh, you know, turn the corner and pressure the quarterback. Um, Joe Jackson didn't get to the quarterback much, but I thought he was very disruptive. You know, he was able to get under the the left tackle's pad level and uh, really a bu- um, bull rush. Um, Drivers man back into the quarterback. You know, showed some speed off the edge as well. Um, to me, Joe Jackson, somebody um, who I think could be a legitimate has a legitimate chance as a as a first rounder, especially when we get further into ACC play. Um, so LSU definitely the, kind of the surprise. You know, uh, team. You know, they didn't really do a, a ton offensively, but that defense definitely was, was stepping up, making plays, making things difficult for Malik Rozier. I'm sorry, Malik Rozier. Um, and then finally on Monday, I said, you know, Virginia Tech, you know, 24 to 3 over over Florida State. Uh, Florida State, you know, offensively just really couldn't get anything going. I thought that they really looked, um, you know, they don't really have the personnel for that uh, Willie Taggart offense. It really looked kind of awkward to me, um, really seeing um, Cam Akers and. And uh, Jaquez Patrick out on the perimeter just didn't really make a whole lot of sense when you had jo- Jaquez Pat- Patrick doing what he what he does um, on the um, you know on the inside running the football running guys over that's really what his game is all about um, so it'll be interesting to see how Florida State responds but Virginia Tech man Ricky Walker we're, we're talking about the defensive tackle class and just how many guys are so so explosive and to me Ricky. Ricky Walker was the one that stood out. You know, he, he's very stout up front, but I thought very athletic, uh, coming off the ball, very quick hands to get off the blocks. Um, does a great job shooting the gaps to collapse the pocket. Um, you know, I thought that he was able to penetrate. Um, you know, and drop Cam makers in the backfield. So you know, definitely the quick penetration. Uh, just needs to watch his pad level. He get too high out of a stance at times to get driven back off the football. But uh Ricky Walker is a guy who just comes comes to work every day and and, and really works hard. Um I thought that he was definitely a standout. You got some younger guys on this team, you know, Khalil Ladler stepping in for Mook Reynolds. Um, you know, and uh you know, they're at the at the whip position. Um, you know, Hushan uh, Gaines and uh you know and Trevin Hill, a couple of junior edge edge rushers. Um both about you know 6'3", 6'4", 235, hundred thirty five two hundred forty pounds, um, you know able to to pressure the quarterback off the edge, and uh, you know for Florida State you know the edge rusher that everyone's talking about it is Brian Burns you know six five two hundred thirty five pounds, uh, very explosive quick get off you know with long arms, um, you know he was very you know working um, just the the, the hips, uh, exploding exploding out of a stance, you know, able to, to dip his inside shoulder, turn the corner, and, uh, you know, was able to use the that length to uh, to make plays both in the running game and uh, getting after the quarterback. Um, you know, Brian Burns, let's see, you know, his stat line, six tackles, one and a half sacks, two total tackles for loss. Um, but I'll tell you what, when he lined up against Yahshua uh, um, Nijman, the 6'7", 322-pound Senior left tackle. Um, he 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 struggled to. Or I'm sorry, uh, the right tackle. He he struggled. Um, you know, at, at times to get off the block. You know, I thought that the long arms of, of Nijman really kept Burns you know at bay. You know, he kept him in front of him. Um, you know, Nijman um, utilized some good hands underneath the pad level. Um, you know, even when the end got the outside shoulder, you know, he kept his feet moving. Didn't panic. Was able to you know reset and drive his man to the ground. Um, when he'd square up Burns off the snap, you know, he really controlled him very well. Um did a decent job mirroring him. You know, he was really light on his feet. You know, I thought that he was quick enough laterally to just, you know, to keep Burns in front of him all game long. Um there were a couple of times where Burns did did get the best of him, but I thought overall he more than held his own and he's a sleeper to to watch as as the season progresses. I really want to see what he does going forward for the Hokies, but you know, Nijman, someone to keep an eye on. And I mentioned that Levante Taylor struggled a little bit. You know, he's 5'10", 181 pounds, and man, he, he really struggled with with a lot of the bigger receivers. You know, um, you know Hazelton, um, you know, Damon Hazelton. He, he's 6'2", 222 pounds, a sophomore. Um, you know, and Eric Kuma is 6'2", 225 pounds, and uh, you know all the, all the receivers were 6'2", 6'3", and, and just big guys. And uh, you know, he was one that was just struggling. Um, to deal with with that height, they catch the ball over him. Even if he was in phase with the receiver, all they had to do, you know, was just rely on uh, Josh Jackson to put the ball up over the receiver, uh, or put the ball up over him, and and he was, you know, it was lights out for for Levante Taylor. So that lack of size, he's going to have to play inside the slot and play some of the smaller smaller receivers. I think that that play really. Um, would hurt his draft stock here as as a junior. So it's one of those things to where, you know, for him he's going to have to consider um, consider that you know as a slot slot corner, you know, is it worth um, coming out as a junior, you know, or would you rather put together some some really good game film, um, you know, as a as a senior and be one of the one of the more highly considered uh, cornerbacks for the draft. You know that's really gonna be the big question as we go throughout the season. Hopefully he'll be able to bounce back uh, in a big way. So in all twenty five games that I sat and watched, so you know that's fifty teams that I've gotten to watch already of the one hundred and twenty nine, my goal is to watch at least one game from beginning to end of all one hundred and twenty nine uh, teams. Um, so you know, I've got my work cut out for myself, but you know, I, I think I'm off to a pretty good start so far. Um, week two, you know, we're we're coming up on the two hour mark here on the podcast. So I really want to get through uh, week two for you and then we can call it a call it a wrap. Um, but you know, Friday, Friday's game is is uh, number sixteen TCU against SMU. Um, you know, really, when you're tuning into that game, the guy that you want to keep an eye out for is the defensive end Ben Banigou. Um, You know, really, a, a disruptive force off the edge. Um, to me, he, he's somebody who can get after the quarterback and uh, really make things difficult for um, for SMU uh, and their their vaunted passing attack um, under Chad Morris. But uh but Banigou, you know um you know started his career at, at Louisiana monroe um had came into to TCU was the big twelve newcomer of the year, sixteen and a half tackles for loss, eight and a half sacks um three force fumbles, six four two forty very explosive off the edge he'll be a lot of fun to watch and then when we get to Saturday, Mississippi state number eighteen taking on k state um. You know, K-State struggled um, with, with South Dakota before finally coming away with a win. Here's the thing that I want to see: Dalton Reisner, the the, the, the tackle there for for K-State, is a legit pro prospect. And uh, you know, when you look at him and you look at at some of his his stats, you know, Pro Football Focus had him graded at at 90.3 overall and 98.9 pass blocking with only three quarterback pressures. You know, so when you look at that. You know, he's a 38 game starter. You put him in there against Montez Sweat, uh, Jeffrey Simmons on the inside. Um, you know Montez Sweat. You know with with ten and a half uh, sacks a season ago. Um, you know he's going to be very very explosive. The long arms there. He's 6'6", 241 pounds. Um, you know he's a guy who can be very disruptive coming off the edge. And then you also have to watch out for like I said. Um, you know, Jeffrey Simmons on the inside have five sacks a season to go to go along with 12 tackles for loss. Uh, but you can't, you know, discount, uh, you know, Jamal Peters, the 6'2", 218-pound corner. Uh, Jonathan Abram, the the safety. You've got four legit pro prospects there for, for Joe Moorhead uh, defensively. And then you've got Nick uh, Fitzgerald coming back, the quarterback quarterback. Um, you know, who was suspended a week ago? He's coming back off the off the leg injury, and then uh, the center Elton Jenkins, you know, six four, three hundred eight pounds, um, very athletic center. And I, like I said, he's going to be competing with Tyler Beatties to be the top center uh, taken in the draft. Um, you know, Michigan, you know, they they get a chance to uh, redeem themselves, play against uh, Western Michigan. Um, you know, really want to see what uh, Rashawn Gary can do. Can he have that breakout game? And be disruptive. Will Michigan, you know, move him inside? Those are going to be some questions that you're going to be like taking a look at. Um, Arizona plays Houston. Uh, Khalil Tate versus Ed Oliver. Um, you know, that's going to be an interesting matchup. Um, you know, Duke um, with, with Joe Giles Harris at inside line or at yeah at inside linebacker and Mark Gilbert, the six-two corner, taking on Clayton Thorson and uh, and uh, Northwestern. Uh, like I said, UCLA takes on uh, number six OU. Um, I think the the Sooners are going to run away with this one. You know we're probably not going to see a ton of of Rodney Anderson or, um, you know, Kyler Murray and, and company. I think they're going to get off to an early lead uh, in that game. Number three, uh, Georgia takes on number twenty four South Carolina. Um, the the what I'm going to be tuning in to watch there is is the matchup of DeAndre Baker versus Debo Samuel. Um, You know, the corner, uh, DeAndre Baker is a legit shutdown corner. Debo Samuel's healthy, um, you know, and and as explosive as ever. And and that's really going to be the matchup that I want to see. Can Debo Samuel, um, you know, really solidify himself as uh, a a top five uh, wideout for this draft? That's going to be a big question. Um, You know, Buffalo, you know, um, they had an easy time. With uh, Delaware State 48 to ten, um, and uh, you know Anthony Johnson, one of my top receivers, you know four receptions, um, and uh, you know uh, fifty-seven yards and a touchdown. Um, you know uh, Khalil Hodge, you know one of my favorite linebackers, eight tackles on the day. Tyree Jackson. Uh, seventeen to twenty-seven for 189 yards and six touchdowns. Um, you know, like I said, had an easy time with Delaware State. Why am I talking about this game? You know, this is a chance for Buffalo to potentially go two and zero on the season because Temple uh, lost uh, to Villanova 19-17. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what Buffalo can do. Can they uh, keep the winning streak alive and, and take out the Owls? Um, Iowa versus Iowa State. Iowa State's uh, game was canceled due to weather uh, against South Dakota State. You know, so we're going to get to see David Montgomery uh, for the first time. Get to see what he can do, uh, both running the ball and receiving. And he's going to you know match up against that, that vaunted Iowa defense. Um, you know, who's replacing all three of their linebackers with with Jewel, uh, Josie Jewel, Ben Neiman, and uh, Bo Bauer, um, all graduating. Um, but, you know, you'll have Nate Stanley um, at quarterback. You'll also have, um, you know, Noah Fant and company, um, you know, as, as receivers as well. So that'll be a fun game to watch. Um, I brought this up earlier. Number two, Clemson taking on Texas A&M. It'll be that, that defensive line for, for Clemson uh, taking on the Tra- uh, Travion Williams show. Um, be interesting to see if, uh, if Jimbo Fisher's guys can, uh, you know, can make this game competitive against the Tigers. Uh, Wyoming versus Missouri you know that that defense you know I know Wyoming you know ultimately lost to um to Washington State but uh, I want to see what that defense can do I want to see what uh, Johanna uh, Gaffon and uh, and Carl Granderson can do against that, that Michigan or that Missouri uh, offensive front um you know drew Locke, um you know 289 yards you know four touchdown passes you know had an easy game against uh you know Tennessee Martin 51 14 win um, you know, started his you know his season you know nineteen to twenty five as well. So he was a very fit, very efficient day. Um, you know, he gets to play a better defense against Wyoming. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, you know what uh, you know the the quarterback for Mizzou can do. Um, you know, Drew Locke trying to solidify himself as one of the top quarterbacks in the draft. Um, number twenty five, Florida taking on Kentucky. Um, You know Florida, you know beat uh, Charleston Southern 53 to six. You know Felipe Franks 219 yards, five touchdowns. Defensively, uh, Chauncey Gardner with uh, with two and a half sacks, um, or I'm sorry, two two sacks um, on on the day um, from the safety position. Kentucky, you know they got the win against Central Michigan, uh, 35-20. Really, the big thing is going to be you know Benny Snell um, running the football over 100 yards, two touchdowns to see um, you know uh, last week. And then you know Josh Allen, the linebacker, he you know double digit tackles, had a sack, three tackles for loss. Um, you know watching Mike Edwards um, leading that secondary uh, against Felipe Franks and company. Um, number thirteen, uh, Penn State. Again, they survived against uh, the, you know the Mountaineers of Appalachian State, taking on Pittsburgh, going to Heinz Field. We know that with this matchup. Throw the records out, um, you know. Really throw everything out the out the window because you know, when these two teams match up, you know it's uh, you know it, it's it's really a lot of fun to watch. Um, number ten Stanford hosting USC number seventeen Trojans again. USC over three hundred yards on the ground given up uh, to to UNLV. You've got Bryce Love. Um, you know, I anticipate Bryce Love to have a big bounce back game. I'm I'm expecting over 200 yards on the ground. Um, you know, unless uh, Clancy Pendergast, you know, uh, you know the the defensive coordinator for the Trojans, if he can get a, a game plan going, Cam Smith, Porter Gustin, really got to take a look and see what you know Rocky Long's team was able to do. They were able to really bottle up, um, you know, Bryce Love before they can get things going. Um, you know, my lab Figaro, wants to say hi. She's wanting a little bit of attention here right now as I'm wrapping up the podcast. So, I figure Figaro. But yeah, you know, really, you know, want to see what JT Daniels can do against Stanford and uh, and that defense. Um, defense was pretty stout, but again, you know, San Diego State, um, you know, not much of a passing attack. Um, so, you know, all the the weapons there. You know, the biggest thing is going to be can that offensive line, you know, um, handle the the the. The, the pass rush from from Stanford. That's going to be the the biggest question mark. But San Diego State did show that they could run the football. And, you know, that's something that uh, the trio of running backs of, of, you know, Stephen Carr, Levi Malapai, and uh, of course, Aka Cedric, where can they do uh, any damage against Stanford? Um, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and then finally, the last game that I'm going to be kind of keeping an eye on is. is you know Michigan State again. You know the number 15 ranked uh, Spartans. They struggled with uh, with Utah State. How do they bounce back against uh, Arizona State in Tempe? Uh, Herm Edwards going to have um, you know Arizona State um, up for that game, and uh, I really want to see what Nikhil Harry is going to do against uh, one of the better teams in the Big Ten. Um, put him out there, um, you know, and and really see. Um, you know, I anticipate him having another big game. You know, the big question is going to be, you know, what can Manny Wilkins do against uh, a defense that's led by Kenny Willickis and uh, and Joe Bachi, and then obviously you know Kari Willis in the safe, uh, at, you know, on the back end at safety. Um, it's going to be an interesting. Yes, I I see you Figueroa. Yes, I know, I know. We'll get this wrapped up. We'll get this wrapped up. So anyway, that's those are the games to expect this weekend. Um, you know, and you know some of the games that I'm going to be tuning in. Um, you know, I'm really looking forward to uh, to the weekend. Um, I think there are a lot of in- interesting matchups. You know, a lot of you know, especially that, that Ed Oliver versus Khalil Tate. Really want to see what that looks like. Um, you know, and uh, you know Stanford against USC. Um, you know, can Stanford get revenge over the Trojans? Um, you know, what can Bryce Love do? Um, When he's completely healthy um, against the Trojans, that's really going to be interesting to see. Um, And then, uh, you know, DeAndre Baker versus Debo Samuel, you know, that's a, a matchup that you could be seeing at the next level for many years to come as well. So I hope you've enjoyed the podcast so far. Um, you know, we're gonna go ahead and get things wrapped up here. Um, you know, I'll be tuning in. You know, hopefully check in. You know, the first part of next week. You know, we'll go ahead and get another podcast together as I break down. Um, you know, another week's worth of action, and uh, you know, we can go ahead and kind of take things from there. You know, uh, again, twenty five games that that I got through. Um, so obviously. Um, I don't anticipate there being as many games because that was really, what, five games, five days worth of games that I had to get through. Um, So I I would anticipate probably Tuesday of next week I should be able to put out the next podcast. Again, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you've enjoyed the college football season, pro season also kicking off as well this week. Um, So football is back. I'm excited. I know you have to be as well. Thank you for tuning in. Um, you know, Until next time, everyone, this is Greg Schutz, readyforthedraft.com and the Ready for the Draft podcast. Take care, everybody. Have a great one.